This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. I'm Jay Bella. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection, one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're getting drunk and talking about getting outplayed by our betters in the game as we watch Spine 317 in the Criterion Collection. Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger's The Tales of Hoffman from 1951. But first, RJ, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, am I, I'm expecting an apology from the, the, the events of last week that I'm still I, recoiling from. I'm, uh, I'm unaware of what you mean. Well, uh, I had a, a lovely time. I think uh, it was pretty sweet time. <laughs> and uh, although I don't listen to podcasts, I heard you had quite a lot of fun with the uh, the musical um, selections of uh, said podcast. So is is that what you're referring to? The extra work you had to put in? Oh no, no, that was all fun. Oh. But what okay. what I'm talking about is what happened after the show. What happened after the show, Jerry? A- after the show. RJ and our guest last week, Sugarhead, yeah. who mm-hmm. spent the previous hour shit talking 4K presentation of fil- films in cinema. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I don't get it. Well, I don't see any difference. That just looks like a blurry JPEG. <laughs> and then <laughs> after after the after we finished recording, they both watched it and they went, "Oh, wow, that, that's a huge difference." That's a big difference we're seeing here for uh, this movie. For Captain Ron in 4K, it looks it looks so much more crisp. Yeah. Well, I mean, few things do look as crisp as Captain Ron, even in in less pixel quality as well. So the 4K kind of uh, elevates that that changed the game a little bit more. Right. Uh, I mean, you can say that we we changed our opinions, but if it wasn't recorded. And it wasn't released to the public. How is anyone going to know? I don't know. I don't know. How is anyone going to know, Jared? That's what I want to know. Bucko. Bucko. Well, I hope uh, you know the proof is in the pudding. People can go to YouTube, look it up, look up the Ron 4K trailer, and go, "Wow, that looks great!" And then go watch it over on Amazon Prime. I just want to get that out of the way. I also yep. noticed that uh, our guest last week, you know, this is like kind of like yes. one of the great traditions of mm-hmm. uh, people who are on the show one week. They usually write a follow-up email saying thank you. Nothing. Uh, no, is that, no, is that no, no, Nothing from Sugarhead. It's just a, I don't know. I don't, a, a, I don't a, think a real, a real dearth. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I don't believe that that's something that's ever happened. And uh, frankly, I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing usually when people are finished this podcast i think they leave well they frank do. frank solano left the country even mm-hmm. that's how far away he was trying to get from us no uh you know that guy who was on the mabuse episode we never heard from that guy again he's gone um yeah i, I don't know well sugarhead's a busy guy he's working in the cafeteria he's dipping them beefs Jarrett. remember them beef dips they don't dip themselves they don't dip themselves so to be very honest mm-hmm. He's kind of busy. Well, I mean, I guess he's like, I don't even know if he's gotten to last week's episode. If he even bothered listening to his own appearance, he might be too embarrassed. I don't, I don't know. Some people do. Some people don't. Right. Would you? If you were on, no, let's say, I haven't. What's a popular pop- podcast you listen to? Like from, from, ju- from Justin to Kane. Okay. 
Did you listen to that one? I did not. No? Nope. I don't want to. I don't. Okay. I don't need to hear myself. I, I've, I hear enough about you. I hear enough about myself. I got headphones on. I have to edit this shit. I have to hear it twice, like kind of twice, barely. Mm-hmm. I uh, I understand. Well, and I I did used to listen until about like I don't know. Like I would listen a couple to, uh, to our episodes just because I was curious. I want to see what happened. Did, did, did you find it corresponded together. with getting a real job? Uh yes, getting a full time job uh, stopped it. But also, once I got that full time job. I needed to uh, get a, we we needed to get a second family vehicle because we only had one vehicle prior because we went to the same place uh, all the time. Family vehicle. So we needed for for, what, we, for for the kids. Well, for for our family, me and the cats, mm-hmm. and uh, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you take those cats out often. Uh, once in a while, about once a year, maybe to the vet. I see. Maybe maybe in, once every two in, years in carriers. Uh yeah. No. Yeah, and but they're part of the family, Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we need a second vehicle, and um, I uh, I gave Andrew a good one because you know that's uh it's the manly thing to do, mm-hmm. and uh, I got an old clunker, and uh, I think I've mentioned uh, my old girl before. Um, one of my coworkers, affectionately, it's is, this, is, is this the one where the uh, the the the, the window gla- fell the, out, the glass fell into the paneling? Yeah, that's good. yeah. Yeah, so that happened. Actually, one of the other windows is about to go. I can tell. I know the signs now. So one of the other windows is going to fall out. Uh, there's no suspension. Um, it's a pretty rough unit, Jared. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, one of the big reasons I don't listen to the podcast anymore is because there's no Bluetooth. It, it just has a CD player. So I just listen to CDs in this car. I'm not going to be like one of those weirdo who, weirdos who has headphones in while they're driving. I'm sure a couple of people listening to this are probably in that camp but uh and, I, and, I, and now they're really unsettled and they're like oh oh i'm all over the road <laughs> yeah but you, you gotta be sharp man you gotta mm. be sharp even i mean i crank my music up pretty loud but uh i don't know at least i can turn it down like quick well, so anyways. Well, what are you listening to over there if you're not listening to us podcast cds see what I kind just, of what cds new cds or old cds uh a mix of cds i actually i'm gonna send you a picture here i actually just got a new cd so, stack do you got one going no not as well i mean in my car i have a huge cd stack mm-hmm. i can show you that but i want to show you what uh amazon delivered to me not not only or not too long ago just a couple weeks here i'm gonna send it to you on messenger okay so i got a cd so half of the CDs I listened to in the car were CDs that I owned previously because, yes, I own CDs. Uh, and then I've started to collect new CDs because I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to build up my CD collection. Oh, so this is one that I got from Amazon not too long ago. And maybe you can is, describe. Is, is that is that, uh, that Blink-182, Blink RJ? Uh, yes, it is a Blink-182 CD. I, I could, well, okay, I... I, when I said that, the cover hadn't loaded up yet. Oh, okay. I, I saw the back cover. And I went, oh, it's the nurse. Yeah, so it's uh, Enema of the State. But uh, the thing that I really wanted you to see is the quality of the CD that uh, was sent to me from uh, Mr. Jeff Bezos. Uh, it is quite alarming. <laughs> that's some uh, that's some cracks in that case, that jeweled case. It's, look a little closer. That son of a bitch is cracked right in half. <laughs> Like right at the now, edge there, it's cracked in half. Was the CD intact? The CD was intact. Oh, that's that's the that's the very important. Intact. Yeah, and uh, upon contacting them, they would not refund it, but they did send me a new case. 
So I guess it worked out somewhat. Wow. But, okay. Uh, whatever. If you want to send I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, that was fine. I was like, okay, whatever. But uh, so that's that's what I've been listening to recently was uh, the Enema of the State uh, Blink-182 CD, um, which was somehow intact, even though the case was completely cracked in half. <sighs> Jeff Bass was just really mad thinking about Leonardo oh, I... DiCaprio. He's just like, throw it in the fucking box. He's like, uh, sir, we shouldn't send this. Fuck it. That, that so music, a Blink-182 That fan. music sucks. <laughs> And you bought just, this, oh. so wait. I also, so you just bought this. You just bought Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, like two weeks ago. This enema of the state. Two weeks ago, uh-huh. in twenty twenty one. My yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. That's uh. Someone actually, I've had people make fun of me for buying CDs. Still, I actually, I, I like CDs, and it's the only way I can listen to them in my car. <laughs> and I know what you're gonna say. Why didn't you? But RJ, how did you not already own such a pivotal? and historical album in the pantheon of music and that's a good question i've i had it before and then i have it digitally on my phone but i never had the actual or i have since no longer had the cd so i rebought it and i was like i'm gonna throw this in the car because it's a good album good album got some good tracks on there Jared. you know dysentery gary it's mm. pretty similar to you pretty similar it's like mm. shitty bill <laughs> shitty bill and dysentery gary they go together yeah so yeah, I have been listening well, to. I think, I think Shitty Bill's a big fan of Blink One Eighty Two. He probably is. And the Shitty opinions Bill's held by the stuff. lead singer regarding uh, extraterrestrial life. Oh, Mr. Tom DeLonge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Very, uh, very startling stuff. Actually, Blink One Eighty Two update. Mark Hoppus, the other uh, singer guitarist, uh, recently uh, cancer free. Well, that's good. So that's uh, good news for the folks out there. It's good for everybody. Good news for the folks out there. So that's uh, that's what I've been listening to recently. But I, I got a, a whole stack in there. So lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Outstanding. So that's what. So you're not buying anything new. You're not picking up that uh, that Taylor Swift? No, not yet. I know we talked about it a lot. But uh, <laughs> I, I usually, what I like, and see the other, the other ideal part of this Blink-182 CD, Jarrett, was when I purchased it on Amazon. You know that market value? $5. Yeah. What a steal! What a steal! I was willing to pay eight. Do you think they're and, uh, and then you got it for five dollars? I got it for five. So um, that that's another perk of purchasing old CDs because if I got the new T Swift, that's probably what do you think? Like twenty two bucks, seventeen dollars? Um, for I mean, I'd hope like fourteen ninety nine. But I, I bet mean, it's that's that's old timey. I remember when uh, new CDs would come out. Uh, here in Creepsville, even in like the early two thousands, and fourteen ninety nine was the price of a CD, and I'm not sure what the uh, inflation that's apparently out well, of control in Creepsville. Let me tell you, inflation is out of control, buddy. Um, inflation is out of control. So I am a CD buyer, and uh, you know CDs that are a little bit older will be around fifteen. New CDs, and I'm I think this new Taylor Swift is. Uh, if I'm looking at it correctly, I see there's a paperback is... called Color by Number, a color, a cool coloring book for adults to relax and relieve stress. A must-have mm-hmm. item for boosting creativity. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of Taylor Swift fans. Oh, are is this is now that. is this is this red Taylor's red, version yeah. two? Oh, it's a two CD and it's twenty ninety nine. Twenty ninety nine. Twenty ninety nine. But if you go a little bit lower. Folklore came out, I think, two, three years ago, and that CD is currently at 15. 
Okay. So anywhere between fifteen to twenty-two dollars, I'd say, is what uh, what a CD is going to run you these days. I mean, when you're getting to those type of prices, you might as well be buying vinyl. Yeah, but you can't play that in your car. I mean, you're just not trying hard enough. If you you're driving an old ass beater like me, you need quality CDs. You can't get mm-hmm. vinyls in there, Jarrett. You okay. just can't. I know you're a big um, what's his face. Uh, uh, Father John Misty guy. Let's see what one of his CDs brings you. Probably just CDs, probably not vinyls. Uh, well, you got to pay that uh, sub pop uh, fee. Yes. Look at that. So, Twelve uh, sixty four. For yeah, but look at this. I love you, Honey Bear CD. Nineteen forty six. Oh, that's just taking. I see it on my end here. The LP record. What is it? Sixty nine dollars. Jesus. Yeah. God's yeah. favorite customer. Thirteen fifty seven. Is that the uh, the quality album one? I don't know. I, I, I don't even know that one, actually. That must be oh. the newer of the t- three. Yes. Mm. I haven't listened to it. Yeah. And so you know what I do also, Jared, is I, 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 I save a lot of these in my cart to watch for deals. Ooh. So I've been I've been trying to get uh, this Outcast CD, AT Aliens, oh um, for a while. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Outcast and Blink-182. Yeah. Oh, uh, I already have. Uh. I already have a different outcast cd in my car but i want at aliens hey and, where's uh, I've been uh watching it what it's about 895 right now how many uh jacques offenbach uh, albums do you have in your cart right now not enough yeah i i don't know i don't know how many like how you could ever have enough it's almost packed packed Packed. but uh yeah that, that outcast cd it just dropped from nine dollars and two cents to eight dollars and 95 cents so as soon as that son of a bitch gets a little closer to like six i'm getting it I'm getting it, baby. All right. Okay. Yeah. So just so you know, just so you know, that's what I've been listening to lately. What about you, Jer? What have you been listening on your drive to work? Um, radio crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this song by this artist named Jessam. 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 I think so. It sounds like the most made-up <laughs> name I've ever uh, heard. Uh, she's Canadian. She's a uh, Canadian, so we have those CanCon laws. And uh, she fits that requirement of like this is something that apparently people like, so you're, we're gonna play it constantly. And there's this mm. song. Oh, it's so bad. It's so terrible. It's bad. It's, yeah. Jessamine is that her name? I don't know. She sucks. Uh, but I, I do get to hear a lot of the weekend. Oh my god. That yeah. So that dude's music doesn't sound anything like I thought it would. Like it's it's like very like poppy like ooh it's like oh baby huh it's like way poppier than I thought I thought it was gonna, he was gonna be like I don't know like acoustic like alt no, no, rock no. or something oh but no no God no no God, no 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 well, I never actually listened to that uh, dude's music no, before he's, he's, I don't got, care. He's, he's got some good tracks though like Starboy Star- is that your uh, go to uh, actually uh, that I mean uh, Blinding Lights which just just apparently became like the number one song of all time on the billboards it it, it, we... over, it overthrew the twist that's right, wait that <laughs> okay but did anyone even consider is brick house in there at all like because that's definitely the the number one song brick right? house but you know you know by the, the commodores, commodores? yeah uh, that's that's nope, got to be in the it, top five i don't think so see it's a made-up list uh, no, we can made up and it's wrong. Weekend, weekend's pretty good. Weekend, um, 
it kind of hits on a few things though that are like formulas for success. Uh, I think one of which is he has that that Michael Jackson vocal similarity. Uh, like, I think a like little bit. I I pitch or yeah. Well, even, or even no, even, even his like I don't know what you'd call. It. I don't. I'm not sure what the technical terms are on these. But when his I shoes? when I've heard it, I go. What is this? Like, it sounds very Michael Jacksony. And then, I'm like, oh no, because mm. I didn't know who the weekend was for a very long time. And I remember when people started talking about him because he is, he is also yeah. Canadian, and so you get we get to hear a lot about him up here. Uh, I know mm. he shows up in Uncut Gems. Uh, uh yes, play, playing yep. a playing a dirt bag. And, uh, which, which playing is, himself as a dirt bag. That's what I mean. That's what yeah. yeah. And that's kind of his his thing in his music video stories. I'm not sure if you've watched. Uh, the, the storyline playing out in his music videos. Uh, it's sort of some good stuff. There's like the one, well, Blinding Lights has got the one, then the fall of that Savior Tears, I think it's called. Jared, I'm going to stop you. I don't know what any of that is. Yeah. I don't well, know. I, I'm listening you know, to CDs from the 90s in my car I, right I now. I know. This, I know. This is above your pay grade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I heard this song, I'd probably recognize it just like, from radio and passing like at uh, the cafeteria where i work they just play the radio all the time so well, i know our, like i think in i know your, like pop songs i think based in, on two. i think in your world uh i think american idiots coming out soon so you, you might really like that oh is that from uh the those green day guys they're yeah, not that big you hear about them you hear about them you seen these guys you seen these guys you, you like listen to some uh some weezer some island in the sun oh well i mean i i can't wait uh the music video is dropping soon but uh, yeah. i haven't seen it, it has, hasn't happened yet yeah i haven't seen it yet um no i i think if i heard the weekend songs i'd probably know them i just uh i don't know them by name because okay that's fair. Y- you know what i mean you know what I mean? Yeah. When I do listen to radio, I usually listen to CKUA, uh, mm-hmm. University of Alberta's. That's There's a... this dude on there named Baba, who's like a DJ host. Fuck, he's good. Have you ever heard Baba? Nope. Uh, I, I find that my problem with like turning into like CKUA uh, is that I always seem like there when there's no music. <laughs> Or so it's like, oh, when they're people, doing like uh, fun drives or whatever, or just people talking, and I'm like, I, oh yeah, I already do enough of that myself. I don't, I don't need more of it. Some, that, some Edmontonians talking about stuff. I don't need that. It can be an issue. They'd be like, this guy, uh, he uh, he once uh, lived in Saskatoon, it's, and uh, and he thought it was a good place to live, and it slaps, and uh, it slaps, and uh, now he's slapping it up in uh, Calgary instead of Saskatoon. And uh, we're gonna we're you gonna know, see him later you know, this week sometime. You, you know about the sheepdogs? You guys ever heard about uh, sheepdogs at all? Because it's a pretty important thing. So yeah. Okay, so you're listening to the weekend, eh? That's he's a weekend guy. Weekend, boy. yeah. I mean, I've I've heard like weekend boy. I've heard that you even look like him. Ah, uh, some say some one say. Lithuanian guy mm-hmm. thought I did a lot. There a is lot. there's like angles that exist what if i poof my hair out okay wait check this out oh yes see it wow it's it's uncanny wow wow huge hey rj oh he can't hear me because he doesn't have his headphones in did that work did that work i said hey rj we got emails oh i took my headphones off i was poofing my hair i know and i realized i realized oh wait you can't hear me right now Oh yeah, we have a podcast. We do okay, right emails. about movies. About what? <laughs> um, so first off, 
This yeah. is this this is a new individual. No way, females. Uh, Pathboy standstill. So maybe you know about this this Pathboy. Never heard of it. I've 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 seen them on uh, Letterboxd. Are they on the Letterboxd? At this very moment, on my feed, it looks like they just logged American Psycho. Really? Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I saw Pith Boy Stinstill. Pith Boy Stinstill. Interesting. 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 They gave Dead Ringers three stars. I don't know. I don't know. What do What do they have to say? Okay. Well, they're right. Hello, creeps. How are you Uh doing? I'm well, thanks. Uh Been getting back into movies thanks to you and to my new Ooh. job as a movie theater janitor. And Holy mind you, shit. it's not some big regal or AMC place. It's a local venue of just two theaters. It's a swell job because I can listen to podcasts and be myself the whole time. Plus, if I want, I can show up at midnight and enjoy the spooky fun of going through the large, dark basement of the theater for more toilet paper. Oh my god. I feel it. I get it. Well see, I mean, I guess RJ, if you needed to like get back to listening to podcasts, I mean maybe uh sure hey can hook you up. Maybe they, they're looking for someone at the cafeteria. Oh, be a new caretaker at like the cafeteria or the I, movie you theater? No, you know, like uh you know, dishwasher. You know, someone's um, busting those tables, getting those trays. I mean, yeah, I could do that. Does it inquire does it require a lot of work? Because I'm I'm opposed to that. Yeah, I don't no, want to work very it, it, hard. It, it is, it is work. But you'll have you're losing me a little bit. But you'll have podcasts to like for the escape. Okay, so there, there's a trade off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, is... I think the the first thing that came to my mind of uh, the, this image of being a janitor at a movie theater is the the story of uh, the man at the urinal with his popcorn that he put. At the foot of the urinal as he went. Not just at the foot, Jarrett. He slid it all the way yeah, underneath. Right underneath the catch, all... the, the precious fluid, this, this particles, the particulates just floating down onto it. Um, so, some of them were gas. Some of them were liquid. But all of them were unclean. And it, I think that's r- the... R- right into my popcorn bag. Just right underneath there for you. No problem. No. No problem at all. Beautiful. Anyway. Ah, yeah. Pathboy continues. I plan on sending letters so that we can hopefully get RJ to pull his weight and read the dang yeah. old emails. Oh, we're so close, but no cigar. Nah, I mean, we're, we've only hit it once. So people really got to try harder if they want to get it up there. Mm-hmm. They, have to, they, have, they have to coordinate. You do have to coordinate. There needs to be a targeted attack because some weeks we get five, some weeks we get seven different people even. So not it's not this week. Sorry. Now to cut to the chase. I'm going to ask mm. you both a film-related question and an off-topic question. Mm. Question number one. Who is your favorite Adam Sandler universe actor or actress? I'll leave it up to you to decide where to draw the line on who is included in said universe. If you both say the Sandler man himself, then please say your second favorite too, because that wouldn't be very fun. Thank you. My favorite, however, would be the old Sandy Dandler, but for some weird reason, my girlfriend thinks Rob Schneider is funny. No joke. Okay, so... Okay, so wait. The question was, who's your favorite Sandler universe actor? Yeah. 
end character or character i think character character or actor 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 and not not oh, and we can pick the sandman himself is what he's well, saying well if we do we have to pick a second one oh, okay uh hmm do you want me to take this or do you want to go first i uh, i currently have 39 of the Sandman's movies logged. I'm okay. curious to see see what you have. Uh, we've done this before, and it's not very much. And I think okay. most of them are like they're not part of the universe. Okay, well, well, I mean, in Uncut Gems, Kevin Garnett is in there. So that I is, but that's not a, that, that's Sandman not that's not part of the Sandler verse. Okay, so we're talking Rob Schneider, David like, Spade, what, what, Norm ha- Macdonald. Ha- we're talking we're talking Happy Madison, I think. Yeah. Okay. So like the, and the, the, see, the, those productions, I I believe. Yeah. So Steve Buscemi, Chris uh, Farley, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, um, Chris Rock. Yeah, all all of them boys. What's Chris Rock? He's in all the new ones. Okay. So, so like grown ups. So the new era of Sandman movies will have Chris Rock, Kevin James, and uh, what's his nuts? Someone else. Um, the other guys are in there too. But uh, yeah. Weird, Weird Al. Those are the two new. Uh, I don't think Weird Al's ever been in one, uh, is which he, is a is, shame. Isn't he in Sandy Wexler? Like in all Weird Al's so, in... somewhere in its three I, hours. I don't know. I only ever watched half that movie because <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking three hours long. Oh god, I totally forgot about Bucky Larson. Bucky Larson, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bucky Larson. With, with well, Nick, that guy, Nick, Nick Swartzen. Swartzen. <laughs> Swartzen. Yeah, he's a Sandman universe character as well. Is he? I think yeah he's in he's in at least three so I think that that pushes him over right uh what I think about, that's got to be the uh, goal, right like in at least what's his Kevin James <laughs> yes he's, Kevin James uh, uh, oh I I hate this stuff so much it's so bad the, no it's fuck, good it's I forgot good. the cobbler uh, uh hey that movie is not as bad as everyone made it out to well, be like, oh, I, this is a, the well, worst movie the, I've well, ever the seen. It's like so so Tom McCarthy is like a well, oh shit I didn't realize this Tom McCarthy directed a uh white guy in a hat uh alum Stillwater with Matt Damon ah okay okay that's uh, cool white guys in hats did you I saw you commented on that yeah. list is I, I I think that that list has the potential to be pretty big but did you did, if, but did you add the mule i did okay i did add the mule but see the the initial intent of that list was those first three or four movies the, the, look the, like the, the exact cliche same, yeah. exact same fucking poster it, it has, so. has uh jake gillenhall been in one of those yet mm, maybe not that i'm aware but it could be oh, oh Another Sandman universe character is John Turturro. He's been in at least three. I sweet. And then and Steve Buscemi, of course. Steve Buscemi, and then those other two dudes, Alan Covert and Peter Gallagher. They're in all of them. Those are the guys you know, but you don't know what their names are. You know those guys. <laughs> okay. You know. Okay, so my answer. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lead off on here. My answer is Norm Macdonald, because I love. I really like Norm. And uh, I've long been a big Dirty Work supporter. Uh, but I know people are going to be like, well, are you just saying that because of his untimely passing? And it's like, no, I actually do like Norm quite a bit. But if that's the case, I'll just, I'll give you a side, a side one. And I'll say David Spade because I actually find David Spade pretty funny. When he's, when, he's doing, when he's doing things right, I think. Well, so those are my answers. Leave it to you to fuck it all up. It's John Lovitz. <laughs> case closed oh 
John. Yeah, you, you had one one chance and you fucked it I up. <laughs> I forgot about John Lovitz. He he's definitely a Sandman universe character though, mm-hmm. for sure. Fuck. God damn it, RJ. God damn it. Whatever. I'm still going with John. John Lovitz will never forgive you for this. He's losing his mind, and I'm reaping <laughs> benefits. <laughs> and then the curtain. Yeah, it's it's in my, that's all I can see in my mind. It's the eye. best. The best, and, and I mean, do you ever Chris, see? Do you ever Chris see? Farley, him, and you know, do you ever see him again in Wedding Singer? Or is that his last no, appearance? No, that's it. That's yeah, it. So it's brilliant. <laughs> Fuck, it's good. Yeah, John Lovitz is so good, so good. So, which which of these are you going to watch for Christmas? I think is the real question. Well, I mean, I was I clicked on Eight Crazy Nights and saw that John Lovitz was in that, and I went, Lovitz, Lovitz, I love him. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah, you should watch. I think you I'm should not watch watching one it. Adamson. <laughs> no. One, just one. One that you've never seen. Just no. one. And I can even make recommendations if no. you want. Just one. I recommend Zohan. Uh, See if you can get through it. QE2. My whimsical brother asked me this, oh. and I am curious what your answers might be. If you could have $1,000 given to you right now, or lifetime free access to anything and everything offered at any Arby's you go to, which would you choose? Arby's. My brother says he'd pick Arby's because you could squeeze more value out of it, even if you were just getting Arby's coffee every day. Yeah, I agree. So it was just $1,000 flat, nothing more? Lump sum, yeah. Yeah, I spend more than that on Arby's yearly, so yeah, Arby's for sure. I certainly do not. I'll take the I'll take the lump sum, please. You're gonna take a thousand dollars over yes. the Arby's? Yes, because I could take that thousand dollars and put it into, uh, into a ass. I could buy Batman two twenty seven or whatever it is, and then like mm. lord it over Sugarhead forever. Be like, look what yeah, I got, but... and it's and it's a five If I got the Arby's though, I could be eating Arby's every meal and then i would have instead of spending wasting money on groceries then i could spend that on assets you know what i mean i'm, I'm picking arby's. <laughs> I'm picking, I'm picking see arby's wins though because they know eventually night and dinner. you're going to grind down and be like i can't do this anymore i can't i can't not eat, me i can't I, I can't eat another baked potato or or uh, like us <laughs> I'll stop in just for the Arby sauce. I'll the, get the, like six, seven packs, and I'll leave. The, the taste day. of Dr. Pepper will just make you puke. Yeah, I mean, I, I know. But even if, like, consider this. Even if you just had it once a week, after, like, ten years, you wouldn't lose your taste for it, probably. And that would definitely be over $1,000. Because, like, let me pull up my calculator here, Jared calculator okay like what's the price of an average meal at, at arby's let's say like ten dollars yeah ten yeah yeah okay so ten bucks multiplied by say you got one a week that's going to be 520 dollars right in one year if you eat and there every week if you eat there every week okay wait all right I've, let's go let's, I've, let's eaten there, I've eaten let's there back. i've eaten there once this year okay let's dial back let's say 10 and let's cut that right in half let's say 36 right in half i would say you eat there almost every week every other week that's going to be 360 dollars. and if we multiply that by 10 so we're talking 10 years here that's three thousand dollars thirty six hundred dollars 
So if you ate there every other week for ten years, that's going to be almost four grand. What if what if someone were crazy and didn't like Arby's? Then they have a bigger issue. Yeah, and I think they need to go talk to their youth pastor and they need to sort something Fair. out because something's wrong. Yeah, I think so. That's my answer. Um, well, Pathboy and I stand together as okay. he too would take the one k. It's fine. Thank you guys it's for fine. all the goofs and gaffs. Especially the gaffs. But what? What, Pathboy? No ghouls? What about the ghouls? What, will, what about the ghouls? I will creep my eyes open for the next new episode. Have a good one. Ooh. Pathboy, stand still. Well, I'm uh, I'm always, always excited to see uh, new friends of the show here. So, uh, always good. Mm-hmm. Always good. And uh, good Arby's question. And, and Love a good Arby's and question. And hey, Pathboy, uh, when you get those vile stories from the theater or weird, mm. weird weird things you let us know that's what we're here for that's what, I, I agree that's, i mean that's what i'm here for i agree that is what jared's here for yeah. but jared loves seeing weird shit at theaters you know did i ever tell you about when i saw avatar in theater what that lady did to my pop did i ever tell you that story i don't know so I was sitting like in my seat, right? My pops in my like, armrest, and this lady's like, she came like two minutes late. She's like, "Excuse me," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." And she like goes to sit down, but she sat down on my <laughs> and, like the straw went like oh. into her pants, man. Like she sat on the pop, and then it fell over, and somehow it didn't even spill. And she just picked it up. She went, "Whoopsie," and she put it back in my cup holder. And I was like, "Ugh." Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to drink that. Now it was in your ass. <laughs> Like it was inside of you, lady. No. She didn't even uh, offer. She 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 was just like, oh. She like brushed it off. She's like, no harm done. And I was like, no, there is harm done to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drink that anymore. I was thirsty, but you were thirsty. I was thirsty. So what did you do? I th- I think I I think I just ate some popcorn and I fucking left. I was like, fuck this movie, fuck this pop, fuck this lady. I you got out of there. I mean, you could have gone to the uh, concession and perhaps gotten a That's new right. a new one i think that is what i did i think i left got like a new thing but i was i think i was trying to be discreet with it like because i didn't want this lady to know that i was so grossed out by her just by her that's fair that, i mean uh, we should we should be gro- grossed up by her fellow man's ass sitting on hard <laughs> drinks the question is jared would you drink it no <laughs> like i i would I'm, I'm there with you for once I'm like, no, I'm good. Well, it's bit, I mean, at least the straw, I guess. The straw is probably the... At, at the very least, the straw. But you got to remember, this was like five, ten minutes into the movie already. We were like right in the middle, and I was just like... I was put in a really tough spot because I was like, what do I got to get up now? And this was Avatar. <laughs> this was Avatar, yeah. It was like ten minutes into Avatar. I had a huge popcorn. I was there with my buddy, and I like, I just like, I was like, what do I do? And he was like... Cause, and like, I think at the time, he was like, who cares? And I was like, I care. I care. I care a lot. Okay. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bad deal. Bad deal. Anyways, Avatar. Uh, next, uh, someone yeah. we haven't heard from for a long time, Joseph Turner. Joe Turner. Who's he, Joe he, Turner? He, uh, Joseph T. hasn't emailed in for a while. Uh, I think Joe T. could be the street fighter. That's okay. what I'm going with. Street fighter. Street fighting sure. Joe. Street Fighting Joe. Dirty, uh, crazy Joe Davola, some would say. Hello, guys. I'm going mm-hmm. to Denver next week. 
I know RJ spent oh, some shit, time yeah. there and was wondering if he had any hot tips. I remember he talked about some burrito mm-hmm. spot a while ago, but I can't remember which episode. Second, I'm reading Louis Riel, mm-hmm. and I'm digging it. Any oh, recommends shit. for other Canadian comics? I've heard Seth is good, but don't know where to start. Uh, last question, if you were each, if you each were allowed to skip all the remaining movies in the collection by one director, who would you pick, and why is it Antioni? Thanks, and- Joe Turner. Antilioni. I'm going to throw him a curveball. Ball. I might skip Renoir. Uh, no, Renoir is up there with me. He's uh, he's a little stinker. Yeah, I think I, as much as I'd like to skip Antilioni, I think I'd maybe skip the Renoir just because I'm, I've had it with you, Renoir. I've had it. <laughs> up, up to here. Uh, up to here. I'll do my uh, I'll do my bit, and then I know you've uh, you've met Seth before, so you can talk to that I, a little I, bit. Yeah, I have, I guess. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so the burrito place isn't in Denver, but it's in Fort Collins, which is only 40 minutes away. It is well worth the drive. And, uh, I've mentioned this a lot, but it's called big city burrito mm-hmm. in Fort Collins. Get a potato burrito with chicken mole, get it with strawberry habanero, get some, pe- uh, some jalapenos on there, get some pico on there. Don't put rice or beans in there. The potatoes are enough. You're going to be. Right on top, baby. Top of the world. Mm-hmm. It is worth the drive. And tell them RJ sent you. Tell, tell them they sent me, and then they're going to lock the door, and they're going to show you the real stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll show you the real stuff. But uh, that's well worth it. And then uh, the only other thing I'd recommend for Denver, because I haven't actually spent a ton of time in Denver, mostly Fort Collins. But uh, it's – I actually – RIP, uh, there's this cool tiki lounge um, that we went to, and I think it's just closed. It's called Hidden Idol. But uh, if he – if you can try to see if they'll open up for you. That was a cool place. But Big City Burrito, Fort Collins, go check it out. It's only 40 minutes away. Not even bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, Canadian comics. Well, yeah. uh, if you're reading that Louis Riel, you know about that Chester Brown. So, yep. I mean, yep. along that line, uh, Ed the Happy Clown, I think it's a really mm-hmm. great piece of absurd horror comics. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of in the same vein as like Daniel Klaus's like, A Velvet Glove Cast in Iron. Mm-hmm. I like I I mean I pretty well like anything by Ch- Chester Brown. Uh, paying for it, paying for it. But <laughs> watching, just reading about a guy, draw comics about him going to uh, prostitutes, a prostitute, and, and then eventually he uh, just starts having a relationship, a monogamous relationship with a sex worker, who yep. he just pays. To. He pays for it, man. He pays for. It. I mean. We, yeah, it's like sure, that's what that is. And then there, mm-hmm. most recently, there was his uh, additional stuff that he was doing with uh, Bible adaptations, which actually is mm. pretty interesting. I can't remember, the, the title cool. of it, the title of it escapes me. Uh, as far as Seth goes, I mean, the kind of go to is always uh, "It's a Good Life if You Don't Weaken." Uh, mm-hmm. That's okay, and it actually does also feature Chester Brown because they're mm-hmm. pals. Um, there's a American who kind of got his, uh, I don't know, his career was based in Canada. Uh, Joe Matt did his comic peep show that I actually quite mm-hmm. enjoy, but it's like a lot of these are these, uh, cartoonist bio, bio comics. It's like auto bio yeah. comics. So your mileage may vary. I'm trying to think of, but yeah, so Seth, uh, my absolute favorite Seth comic though is Wimbledon green. Oh yeah, I think we have a copy of that here. I think Andrea got that after um, Seth was in what uh, in Creepsville. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've n- I don't think I've ever read it, but I do have a copy of it in my house somewhere. No. I believe. Yeah. Speak, yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, Steve Buscemi, if, if there was mm-hmm. someone was doing a, a, a Seth biopic, they've got, you've mm-hmm. got your man right there. That sounds cool. I'm into that vaguely. 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 Uh, don't forget about Jeff Lemire, Jarrett. He's Canadian. I, yeah, I guess so. He's not so. a comic artist. I mean, not in the same way as like a Chester Brown is. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, if you're talking about um, kind of like indie, the indie comic stuff, there's Michael DeForge. He's pretty mm. good. He's got a couple good anthologies. If you mm. like that kind of art style. I'm trying to think Some of... Some uh, there's a cartoonist uh, I'm friends with named Gigi. That is letter G, letter G, Gigi. Gigi. Gigi, that makes uh, some very attractive looking comic books. But How uh, attractive? Very attractive. Okay. I just needed to clear that up for uh, I, I think I, I think I think you can look him up. Uh, it's like it's O G G O H G I G U E. They're uh, they're on Instagram. Which Wichtagram? Wichtagram. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. That if, on my browser, I can't access anymore. Did they? Okay. Uh, I don't know. Let me go. Try, let me try it right now. Yeah, if I go to Instagram dot com, I get, oops, an error occurred. Let me see. I'm also loading this. By no, mine mine loaded up right away. Interesting. Maybe uh... we already got eight lights, eight likes on this uh, Wednesday old man. See. They, they, they're loving yeah. it. They're loving Wednesdays. I know. The, the kids. kids are loving the Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Must just be uh, something wrong with you, personally. Yeah. Oh, uh, and yes. people, like, people like Brian O'Malley, right? Scott Pilgrim creator? People like, people oh, like that? I read... Um, what was it? Uh, seconds? I read... Seconds. I read Seconds, and uh, that was pretty decent. Like... It's not gonna blow anyone's dick off, but you know, a few things do. So it was it was a decent enough book. Oh, yeah, I said to pull up a list for my quick reference. Oh, look, Seth's number one, Chester Brown's number three, uh, mm. Kate Kate Beaton. Yeah, I guess she is uh, Canadian. She's from out east. She did the Hark of Vagrant comic. That's like I don't know what she's doing these days. Uh, Dave Sim, creator of Cerebus, and uh, not not uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but. Mm. Uh, I mean, I got Dave Sim. You I got do. a good bit of, but, but because I made that happen, uh, I, I love you. I, did uh, Julie Desette really great? Uh, she she only did like a handful of comics ultimately, though. She was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, and everyone, of course, loves John Byrne. <laughs> John Byrne? Yeah, he he went to school at ACAD. Ah, uh, the man who brought us Alpha Flight, John That's Byrne. Correct. <laughs> wow, huge. Uh, Troy Nixie uh, from Creepsville originally. Who? Troy Nixie. Nah, I don't know who that is. He directed uh, uh, one Guillermo del Toro uh, production. Uh, oh, Grave Encounters? <laughs> God. Todd, oh, dear. Todd McFarlane. Oh. Todd right. McFarlane? Every, and everyone likes uh, Darwin Cook. But you know who does not appear on here is Jeff Lemire. Or Lemire, Lemire, whatever you want is to call it, Is he too mainstream? Me. I guess I put cartoonist, but he is a cartoonist. 100%. Yeah, he is. Huh. Yeah, like Lost Dogs and uh, yeah, like all his early days, Essex County. Yeah. 
And uh, for for movie content, you got Robin Bougie from Vancouver who does uh, Cinema Sewer, which is wrapped up, and he just had a brand new comic come out called uh, Gutter Hunter, which is about uh, mapping out weird indie comics. I think I just huh. got I got my copy like a week ago. So that's mm. always fun. And I'm sure there's other people I'm forgetting about, but uh, probably the stuff. Well, what about, th- what about cartooning God, Cartoon Jared Duncan? God. No, 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 no. JFD. No, 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 no. Well, that's what the business card says. The, the card. The card. Do you still have those business cards? Somewhere. I got they're, one. They're very uh, facetious. Well, but I mean, you are a cartoonist. I mean, I I mean, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this, but uh, you can get your copies of the Gall Man from me mm-hmm, from you uh, for a Volvo price of. What, like eight grand? Eight grand. There's not that many floating around. Exactly. Mo print. The Mo Ga- print. The Gallman. Mo Mo print. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Street Fighter Joe. Uh, yeah, Street Fighter Joe. Good to hear from him. Good. We got hope, some new hope, new blood. Hope you have fun in Denver. Uh, speaking, I agree. Speaking of uh, Creeplandians traveling around, we got Sam mm-hmm. Loveland. Holy shit. With an email titled, To Live and Die in ATX. Uh, Is that kind of like ATLians at all? Hello, creeps. How could I forget about Licorice Pizza in my last email? I knew there was at least one big new movie I was forgetting, but couldn't put my finger on it. To answer your guys' question uh, about how people are logging it, Licorice Pizza has been playing in some theaters in L.A. for the past week and a half or so. Of course, all the coastal elites get to see cool stuff before we do. Ain't that the way of it, though? Always has been. Always has been. Son of a bitch. Apologies for not acknowledging Sugarhead's presence last time. I honestly had no clue he was going to be a guest on the episode because I didn't listen to the whole episode before since the end is where you two announce the next guest. Hopefully there's not someone on this week's episode who I'm failing to acknowledge. I plan on finishing the episode later today, so I'll know for sure. But if you're a guest on this week's week's episode, hello and welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's retroactive, but it still counts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've mentioned a few times, people don't always listen to the end. But sometimes, and it won't be the case tonight because I'm bringing attention to it. But sometimes, some of the best stuff is in that last two seconds. Mm-hmm. That last two minutes, even. So, No, I know that um, you sent me something from, uh, uh, the, from the Granger Drip. Uh, folder, oh. and uh, I don't know. I'm not. I don't think I'm. I'm not going to run it this time because uh, well, I, I like to. Make, I want to get clearance on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he never said no. So we had a couple multimedia um, submissions. Uh, we never talked about Dylan F- uh, is multimedia oh. from last week. So if he did, he email in. No. Okay. Well, I'll not bring it up week. at the end of the emails. Okay. Just um, talk about it. Casually. So Sam. Sam Loveland says here, I'm currently in Austin, Texas, visiting my Ooh. sister. I was looking at movies playing here and saw that both La Dolce Vita and To Live and Die in L.A. are playing in the Austin oh. Film Society this week. What do you two think about old Hurricane Billy Friedkin? I know <laughs> both of you like The French Connection, The Exorcist, and Cruising, but what about his later works? He's got a bunch of small movies he made during the late 80s and 90s that nobody's really heard about. Movies like The Guardian, 1990, which Jared has apparently seen. 
His career is an interesting and at times sad one. Do you think he's a mere workman or an auteur in his own right? Anyways, mm. thanks for the time reading my email and have a good show. Sam Slam Love Machine Loveland. Well, yeah, you know, it's good to hear Sam, you should, be, you should be hooking up with Jared Berger because you're both in Austin, Texas simultaneously. They should go for a burger together. Yeah, to absolutely. They can, they can go check out uh, to live and die in L.A. and go have hamburgers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely do a creeps meetup. Get some creeps merch. Um, that it doesn't exist, but if they make some and then take pictures of it, so we can use that for our um, mm-hmm. for our purposes. But uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. What they need to do is uh, they should meet up, have a burger. Mm-hmm. I'll even pay for it. There you go. Physically, metaphysically. <laughs> know what can, I mean? Can, there, yeah, here. I mean you can uh, have yourself at the the burger place. Uh, play some Wang Chung dance hall days and uh, mm-hmm. put that on Instagram. That's uh, that's memes. That's all the memes. <laughs> I mean, that is memes, and that is Wang Chung apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what well, he said something that I forgot. But um... <laughs> asking about uh, William Freakin. Oh, all, all that stuff you mentioned, I've never seen any of those. So I'm, I'm guessing you have uh, better. For, for, what, on French that. Connection, The Exorcist, and Cruising. You've never well, seen. Well, I've those? seen the big. One. You've seen the big All boys. I, he was talking about like uh, I've seen the big boys, but none of those other ones. Well, yeah. you know, I have seen myself some William Friedkin movies, uh, even his recent Ooh. things, uh, like Rampage, which is his uh, Night Stalker movie he did about oh, like Richard yeah. Ramirez, uh, which like uh, with, with, with the serial okay. numbers filed off, which is like not a mm-hmm. it's like an okay little movie. Let's take a look. I'm pulling him up right now. I don't want to see what he's acted in. I don't give a shit about that. I want to know what he's directed. Letterboxed. Okay, let's see. Mm-hmm. So I've yet to see The Birthday Party. Um, I have not seen The Boys in the Band, but I have seen The French Connection, The Exorcist. It, he apparently did a... I know I did watch this. I was going to say The Conversation with Fritz Lang from like 75. I think we watched that for... Uh, Testament of Dr. Mabuse, maybe. No. Maybe. Did we? Or Yeah, maybe. See. Maybe. Because I, when did I... Why did I watch this? Yeah, there you go. Logged. Oh. I don't know. I don't think I watched it. Maybe you watched it, oh, but it's I for don't M. think I did. We watched it when we watched Damn, yeah. At, uh, Christ- oh, okay. at Christmas time. Uh, Sorcerer. Yes. That's, uh, mm. that's a big boy. <laughs> You know what's not good though yeah. is the Brinks. Brinks job is super mediocre. But Sorcerer is good. Cruising is mm, Chef's Kiss. And mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, I've never seen Deal of the Century. I of course uh, really like that To Live and Die in L.A. Which mm-hmm. R.J. Have you seen that? To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah. Uh, if I saw it, it was probably over twenty years ago. So. I don't. Uh, no, I don't think so. I I, don't... I I have no recollection of the movie at all. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, if you want to see some fine Willem Dafoe action and people getting mm-hmm. kicked in the dick, I got a movie for you. In the what? In the dick. Uh, and is this and uh, available on any streaming platforms? Uh, it might be actually. Let me see. Let me see. To live and die in L.A. You said, hey. All right, let's go down to the uh, watch uh, unavailable. Oh my! I'll get it one day. Jeez, Louise! I'll get it one day. You're though. gonna, you're gonna get it, man. There's some mess here. 
So yeah, Rampage's Dece, Guardian's Dece, uh, Blue Chips with Nick Nelty and Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, the movie's okay. it's like fine. Yeah, he kind of goes through a, a dry spell here. This movie of uh, Jailbreaker starring what's-her-name from Beverly Hills, uh, Shannon Doherty, oh. as mm-hmm. Angel. Just Angel? What about Demon? Just Angel. No Demon. Uh, mm. Jade is not very good. He did a 12 Angry Men remake. Rules of Engagement is real bad. Uh, Hunted is okay. Bug is okay. Killer Joe mm. is okay. And I've never mm. seen The Devil and Father Amherst. His like mockumentary documentary that's like from like a few years ago. You should. You should check it out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it has a. I mean, it's quite the seventies were really kind to him, and then that was the end of it. So I don't know what you call him. It feels like there's a lot of directors like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the seventies were pretty kind on us, but look what happened since then. Ultimately, look 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 how it's panned out. We're doing podcasts now. I know. So not the best for anyone. Not really. Not really. What are we talking about here? That's, that's a tough one. If, if he's where he fits, I guess, in these extremes of auteur or workman, a jobber. He, he feels like a little bit better than a jobber. But, I don't know, he's like a, in wrestling terms, he's like a Terry Taylor. Mm. Maybe. I don't Maybe, know, that, that I don't be know completely who any wrong. of those people are. Uh, Red Rooster. No, oh. no one wants to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next, so yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, uh, our our boys, our precious boys, meet up in Austin, Texas. I think that would be fantastic. I mm-hmm. think they'd have a heck of a time. Heck, and I, I don't use that word lightly, Jared. They'd have a heck of a time. All they got to do is, if you do it, make sure to, uh, you know, um, send us a Skype or something. Actually, don't do that because we're probably going to be busy. But uh, you know, have fun. That's the most important thing. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Yeah. And then, then they can all. Everyone can swing through South Carolina, back through California, that small little place where Sam Sanchez lives, and they can all gather up. Justin Peterson, mm-hmm. whoever else I'm forgetting about off the top of my head. Oh, of course, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, well, go, go get some. Go oh, get wow. some uh, Timbit cereal. Yeah, you get some of that, and then uh, it's just a quick rip over to Lithuania, and uh, George mm-hmm. Hofstadter will show you a good time. Just don't yeah. go to don't go to England. Don't go to England. Don't go to New Zealand. Those are those are bad Especially, places. Yeah, don't go, avoid Especially the, av- not New avoid Zealand. the Commonwealth. Oh yeah, do, don't do, go do to not any come, Do not come place. to Canada. That's the worst one of all of them. Yeah, without a doubt, we're definitely the worst. Justin Peterson, with an email oh, entitled shit. "Yo, Adrian, I did it." Oh. How how did oh. how did you like my uh, Sylvester Stallone impersonation? It was almost like he was right here with me. Like I thought he was right beside me. I still think that. Hey, Jared and RJ, what's happening? And happy American Thanksgiving to you, chaps, as Ooh. well to you, JP. This JP. week, I am coming at you worry-free, having scored a PS5 from Walmart. Holy Man, shit! Look at that. The Waldens came through. They as did they, as they, they always did. as they always do. Hmm. And uh, I, I think you were the one who was like, "Yeah, Walmart, check it out." 
The right. trick was following these PS5 restock Twitter channels. Nice. Yeah. And, and mm, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a network out there and getting updates on my phone. I did have to get a Walmart Plus membership. Oh, fucking God. What is up with this shit? But that was just 15 bucks for the month. What is with this membership crap now? Best Buy. I think it's a way about, to get money, bud. Oh, I know that, but it's such, oh, it's such, this shit's got to be illegal. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, you want to be able to buy this product? Well, you got to have a membership to buy this thing. Otherwise, it's like, oh, such garbage. Fuck. And it works because mm. people want to get their kids' presents. And they go, oh, we know that. <laughs> We're just going to charge you an extra 15 fucking dollars. Yeah, man. I mean, none of it is good. But fucking, this is... Uh... Fucking Waldens, man. <laughs> they get you every time. Well, just corporations in general. Did you see that CD Jeff Bezos sent me? Bad stuff. Smash it. I don't give a shit. No. And I have Prime, Jared. I'm a paid member of that company. Paid. I did not get one during my first try or at a couple other locations, but then I finally got one earlier this week when I was ready right at 4 p.m. to refresh and get in on the online wait queue. So if you had one of these beast consoles waiting for you under the tree this year, which games would you want to go with then? Uh, hmm. what is this? Does he have options, or do we got to look up uh, PS5 games? Oh, yeah, this isn't going to work, because this, this is going to force us to go to the Canadian page. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Unfortunately, Best Canada, Buy's yeah. website's horrible, Justin. Uh, and it, it, oh. it, it, It's real bad. It's, 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 Best it, might, Buy... it actually might be one of the worst websites I've ever gone to. Uh, like That's like yes. from like a major company. Yeah, I agree completely, because like you'll... Up here, you'll just Google Best Buy, and you'll click it, and it'll be like, pick store, and you'll and it'll like put in your postal code, and you'll do it, and then it'll be like, did you say Arizona? And you're like, no, and you'll put your po- you'll put in the city you live in, and it's like, did you say Oklahoma? And you're like, no, I don't live in any of these places. It's like out of stock, and you're like, I haven't even looked up anything yet. So best, yeah, Best Buy is pretty bad up here, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, I don't know. Buy what's a good game for a, a PS5 RJ? I don't know if there's any games out yet. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> is that backwards? Is that a new one or is that like backwards compatible? Uh, everyone plays Grand Theft Auto Five still, right? Yeah, yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five, Metal Gear Solid <clears throat> Four. I would recommend. Let's mm. let's play that one. People like let's that uh, uh, Spider-Man with Miles Morales game. I think that's what that yeah. was. A, that was a killer app. That's the big one, yeah. People love that Spider Man. People love the Spider Man. Um, Sack, uh, there's probably Sack Boy, a big adventure. Well, uh, who would want to go on a small one? There's probably uh, you got to figure some out. I think Uncharted or uh, uh, God of War. Assuming, or something. assuming this is for all of the the kids, uh, probably need some get try to find a multiplayer game. Yes, maybe a. What about uh, Metroid Dread? <laughs> for the for the PlayStation. Yeah, is that available? Uh, questionable. questionable. Uh, Justin says, I think I would go with Assassin's Creed Valhalla since it has been forever since I have played anything from that series. Plus, it has Vikings. Oh, we're supposed to... Yeah, I don't know, Justin, what what, what game you should get. Um, I I feel like you're just going to abandon it and go back to watching movies, though. I mean, that's possible. Very possible. I would... Did you finish Metroid? I'm almost done. I'm like two thirds through. I got I got caught up on a uh, Kraid, the uh, boss, like the big belly guy. It took me a couple days to get get through there. 
I'm like, uh, I'm, a, I'm kind of a bad gamer. Um, where I'm busy, and then I'll try to play like at the end of the night, but I'll, I'll get like 20, 20 minutes in, sometimes thirty, and then I'm like, I'll be like, I'm tired, and then I'll go to bed. So it's a slow process, but I'd say I'm about two thirds in. I, I, the, the end is definitely in sight. I've gotten two out of the three bosses done, so it's very good. It's very good. The question very. is, uh, how's Lawrence doing? Is he playing it? I don't even know. He asked you. He, he asked, hasn't told you. No. I haven't asked, but he asked. He wanted to know what you were going if you were buying it. I'm assuming he might be doing it, but if he if he is, we need to hear some feedback. Yeah, it's uh yeah it's it's really good, man. And I think Lawrence will like it because I think this is the a perfect game for people of our age group because it's it's like it's just it's a polished up Super Metroid. Like there's some new stuff in there, but it's uh, it's got a very similar feel and um. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't play online. I don't do any of that shit. I just want a cool, like, single-player game that's not, like, too much to handle. And, like, I looked it up. I think uh, How Long the Beat says it's, like, nine hours or something like that. And it's like, oh, that's perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't need... I don't want, a four, like, a 58-hour game that, like, there's too many things going with it. But, yeah, it's a good game. I think even you would potentially like it, Jarrett. You the viewer Jared you you me I <laughs> you I yeah I don't know what uh, Lawrence is up to but we'll see so what goodies are actually on your Christmas list this year I love my huge tent but I'm hoping to downgrade one that is still six feet tall but not as long wide to make setting up and packing up a bit easier since I have to help a bunch of kids with their gear too Mm. Um, what's on your wish list, Jer? <laughs> New uh, underpants. Ooh, I mean, mm-hmm. now that you mention it, these ones are, mm-hmm. are pretty cruddy. A little crusty. <laughs> cruddy. A little, a little stiff oh, in the oh, back, oh, a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know what w- I mean. Worse for wear. Yeah. You put them on the fire. The ghosts. I mean, can you, I, I, I don't know. It's like, can you even call this underwear? Eventually, it gets to a point where it is—it's antimatter, I believe, mm-hmm. but it's still—it's uh, still, you know, yeah. a thing. Yeah. How about you, RJ? <laughs> new underwear. Cool. Surely, surely. Vote for Andrew both. Actually, uh, all, new underwear all around. All around. I know that sounds lame, but like Andrea actually brought up one time. She's like, "How much?" She's like, "How often do you buy new underwear?" And I was like, "Frequently." And she's like, "Why?" She's like. She's like, what are you doing to these things? She's like, how many times do you have to like throw it's, them in the garbage? It's kind of like, like the never. It's kind of like the toilet situation. Yeah, it's frequently it frequently needs to be addressed, and like I I'll be upfront. I'm not wrecking these things where it's just like I have a bad day and it's like, oh, I gotta throw those out. Like they literally they're just <laughs> what? they're like falling apart. <laughs> You're having a bad day. What are you talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't I, RJ. I want to hear you say what you're talking about because I'm a little confused. Like, are you angry and then you tear your underwear in half because you're mad at it, or because you've uh, had a, or you've had an incident? I'm gonna let you decide. Okay. I'm gonna. So, I'm gonna leave. You a do know there's there. there's washing machines, RJ. They have soap. They can help. They can destroy. Clearly, those, they can break down those microbes and the and clearly, those things. You've never had that bad of a day. I have clearly not. As uh, I, yeah, nothing that I. Sometimes would... you got to start fresh. Wow. 
Yeah, but wow, this, I'm, is, this, is, this is a real talk now. I, I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> my point was, I don't have days like that. It's just they literally just fall apart. Like they turn into nothing. They're just holes throughout it. Hmm. And it's there's like, I'm not going to lie to you. You ever seen that video of Lenny Kravitz where he bends over and all of his stuff falls out of his pants? His pants rip and all of his junk falls out. That's like what half my underwear is. So I really do. I, I just need new what, underpants. What Lenny Kravitz video is this? Just oh, uh, Google Lenny Kravitz leather pants and it'll probably be like, it'll be a gif. It'll be two seconds long and it'll change your life. <laughs> I'm good. I swear to God. I'm good. I, I'm fine. Well, I'll okay. find it for let, you. Let me continue on here. Um, okay. It hurt me to my core to hear that you were not that into Ran either, JD. Are there any movies with epic battles that you dig? Gladiator, Braveheart, Spartacus come to mind. I like that. I, I like Gladiator and Braveheart. You like Gladiator and Braveheart? Yeah, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie and say I don't like those movies. They're good. They hold yeah. up. Uh, yeah, Braveheart's amazing, and uh, I think when I watched Gladiator, I was like, eh, not quite as good as I remembered, but still pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's not like a five-star movie like it might have been when you're a, a high school boy in 2000. But uh, still good. Which is when I saw it, and mm-hmm. for some reason burnt in my mind is going to see Gladiator and eating taco time afterwards, eating a yeah. crisp beef burrito. A crisp beef? Yep. See, I, I might have my movies confused. I didn't get a crisp beef, but I remember, I think when my dad and brother went to Gladiator, I think I went to Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas instead. <laughs> of course you did. Because I was like, I was 10. Yeah. And they were like, do you want to come to Gladiator or do you want to go to Flintstones? So I was like, Flintstones! Do you wanna, do you wanna... <laughs> yeah. Who's who's in that movie anyway? Who's who's Fred in that? It's, it's not a... Uh... It's not John Goodman, I'll tell you that much. But I remember they bought me Rock nachos, and I, I went in there. This is important stuff. This is important stuff. Oh. It's going to be some guy you have no oh, idea. Oh, Stephen Baldwin is Barney. Yeah, Mar- Mar- Mark Addy is Fred Flintstone. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was good. It was real good. Real, real good. Jeez, Louis. And Alan Cumming as both the great Gazoo and Mick Jagged, a parody of Mick Jagger. Uh, well, who who couldn't? Who couldn't? <laughs> who couldn't? What was the question here? Uh, something something about epic battles, like in Flintstones. Oh yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. What about your epic battles? I like epic battles. I just uh, I don't know. I I, like I said last week, these are controversial takes. I think I don't know, Kurosawa overrated. I know you've been, but that's nothing new. High and low, grade A cinema, Uh, best of the best. But I think uh, I think whatever Kurosawa set out to do and laid out the inspired a lot of people, and I think people have kind of gone beyond that. Yep, I mean you've been pretty upfront with that since day one or since week two. Since we of this two. podcast, so no, nothing new there. Nothing new. Nothing new. So speaking of Rocky, will you guys be checking out the new director's cut of Rocky Four? It surprisingly makes the movie better by putting more emphasis on Apollo. So um, is this on YouTube? So, so I'm trying. I have to, no I'm, idea. I'm trying to keep this straight. So the so the Rocky Four director's cut is in 
getting a theatrical release. But I think there's also a Rocky Four making of documentary that's just on YouTube. I and this is like where I keep getting thrown off by this. And I thought there was already a Rocky Four director's cut, but now there's a second one. Hmm. And apparently, no robot, no robot, which is what a disappointment. I was going to say, it's pretty hard to make Rocky Four better because Rocky Four is already really good. So See, I'd be, I mean, I know Rocky Three is the best. God, Rocky Three yeah. is the best, but Rocky Four, in my mind, is pretty good. So it's like, I don't know if yeah. you can make this better. No, nothing in the Rocky series is better than the that montage with Mr. T uh, in Rocky Three. The, like, the, oh. the, the first big, the first montage in that with yeah. Die of the Tiger is outstanding. Yeah, nothing's better than Rocky Three. Rocky Three is just flat out a really good movie. Yeah, best of the franchise, but just a great movie all around. Because <laughs> these are controversial takes, but because there are people who would be like, "What are you two? What are you two talking about?" Rocky Three. No, Ro- Rocky Three is amazing. If you, I like it. It's my favorite. Yeah, I like it too. I like it too. Oh, look at this big goat cartoon he used. Goat movie question of the week. Ooh, shit. He's finding them. They get bigger too. Ooh, I like that. I recently revisited Shortcuts on my podcast, and my guest was really throwing love at Tim Robbins. So what are your favorite flicks of his? I feel like I need to check out that Jacob's Ladder show again. Uh, the Player. Watch The Player. Or, uh, you heard about this movie, RJ? The Shawshank Redemption? I've never heard of it. Yeah. I don't even know who would have written such a thing. <laughs> I've never, that's like, it's kind of like, I've never heard of the imdb.com. I don't know what the IMDb is. Uh, so we got I got to make sure we're talking about Tim Robbins, right? We're not talking about like, I think you should leave guy. Not, to- you know not I mean? Tom Robbins, Tim Robbins. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to give you a really controversial take here. And I'm going to say nothing to lose, which what? is a movie. It's not bad. I, okay. No, it's I, not bad. I haven't seen that movie. I rented it on v- VHS because at the time, uh, I, uh, back in those those tumultuous mid nineties, I was a, I was a Tim Robbins fan. Yeah, and, we all and, were. And Secret Success, uh, best Tim Robbins movie, is his appearance in High Fidelity as yes. as Ian. Yes. Yeah, very good in that too. Mm-hmm. All around, he's, he's, and... got a, he's got his Steven Seagal ponytail. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. real good in that. But uh, actually the same reason, so with nothing to lose when you said VHS, the reason I like that is because uh, when uh, when I was younger, my dad at his place, he didn't have a lot of movies. He just had like, we had like 10 VHSs and nothing to lose was one of them. Oh dear. And so I, I uh, saw that do, movie, do, those, like, do those tapes oh, still what? exist? Does that selection still exist? There, yeah, I think I have a picture wow. of it somewhere. I'll try to, yeah, I'll try you gotta, to get you gotta, it. You got you to get, you get that posted. Yeah, there's that one. Uh, uh, I'll try. To, I'll try to put them together. But... Hey, folks, what should I watch tonight? And there they are. <laughs> those ten. There was those. And is then, Jerry uh, Maguire also... there? Jerry Maguire was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jerry Maguire. Titanic. No. Really? Braveheart. No. Braveheart for sure. Braveheart. Braveheart Jerry Maguire. Sure. Nothing to lose. I'm trying to think of like Nothing stuff. To lose stuff that was at Costco back then. Because I, I feel like that might have been the impulse buy. They were they were definitely in the bin of a grocery store, but it was uh, I can't remember which grocery store. So it was definitely those ones. And then we had like ten movies. Jurassic and then we Park. Also, 
Yeah, Jurassic Park was one. Yeah. Uh, we also had, um, I think it was WrestleMania box set one to twenty or that, one to fifteen okay. or something. Wow, that's, that was the other VHS. That, that's amazing. But it was the VHS of WrestleMania, and I can't remember what the numbers are, but I think it was one to fifteen, one to twenty, and it was one. It was one set. It was just baby. We also had roots. The the <laughs> right, the yeah. four VHSs. <laughs> Because everybody had roots, not you me. Know. But I, I won't tell you the other ones because those will be a surprise okay. if I can find. Them. All right, all right, all yeah. right. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so I mentioned that I had a rocky relationship with my cat Chloe, and sadly we had to put her down this week. And fuck, was I not prepared no. for how much that hurt? Can you give us a brief history of the pets you have had? Oh man, that's uh. Trouble, troubled waters there my friend i don't know i've had a lot of pets had a lot of hard days i don't know i think at one time when we were growing up we probably had i don't know four or five different cats three four different dogs we had a lot of pets we were a big mm. pet family so never easy so that's too bad i i feel for you jp mm-hmm. well but i mean once once the time is right you just Head on down yep. to that animal shelter and go save some more kitties. Multiple that's kitties. Exactly. And that's all what I mean. the like kitties. We, we always yeah, bu- had pets. Bust them out of cat jail. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. That's what you got to do. Gre- take your grieving period. But then also, you know, what that cat would want is for you to take in another one, you know, mm. so eventually when you're ready, mm-hmm. when you're ready. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's foodie talk. Ooh. Let's talk buffets. <laughs> oh God. Um <laughs> uh, seems like you see fewer and fewer buffets these days. Well, I mean, I don't know if COVID helped <laughs> with that one. Uh mm-hmm. and likely for the best, since they are often gut busters for someone who likes to shovel food down like I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Salad bars are great, but I would pass that up if I was at a good Chinese or pizza buffet. But Ooh. I would have to say the king item on any buffet would be the fried chicken wings. Also, I don't know who I don't know why, but as a kid, I would always make the mistake of putting gummy bears on my ice cream, which is a bad idea since they get rock hard. Mm. I love that. I love putting gummies on ice cream because they get hard. It like hurts your teeth kind of, but I like that. <laughs> That's because they're breaking. <laughs> I know, but I like that. So I'm actually a fan of hard gummy bears. Interesting. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like mine soft. Yeah. Uh, buffets. They're kind of um, outside of the Chinese buffet. They're mm-hmm. not really a thing in Creepsville, though. Like we've there's been lots of attempts. There's yeah. um, like weird brunch buffets that yeah. kind of always fall flat eventually. They're expensive. Like the Lodge. Yeah. At uh, yeah. Anton's. Anton's. Yeah. That that was... Uh, so actually, my grandma, uh, when we were little, she loved doing that. Like, we'd either... Every Sunday, we'd go to her house or we would go to Anton's for the breakfast buffet. Get that, and, uh, get that sliced prime rib. Yes, yes. Sometimes the food was real good. Sometimes the food was not good. But, uh, you know... That's that's part of the buffet life. That is about the buffet life. Buffet. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I'm a, I. Uh, well, the Pizza Hut buffet was huge here for a long time, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and like and part des- of that was because they had the soft des- serve ice cream with the, the dessert. The dessert bar. The dessert bar, yeah, treats of pizza, and then soft serve ice cream, and it was free for all nerds bucket that you could just dump nerds onto your ice cream. That was a pretty big deal, I remember. As a, uh, yeah, as a man, that was your well, as a grown man, I mean, as a grown man, yeah, they don't do it anymore. I think they got ran out of town because uh, people were eating those nerds a little too, too hot and loose. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Other yeah, other than Chinese and the Pizza Hut buffet, I don't know if. How many we got? None. Yeah. There, there was that uh, Bonanza's, which I think might even predate your existence, RJ. Uh, I know Beef Eater. Are yeah. you talking about Beef Eater? Well, there was Beef, there was beef Eaters, which <laughs> I forgot about. But uh, yeah, that was a long time ago, the Beef Eater. Yeah, Beef Eater was a good place. I, but I don't think that was a buffet place. Uh, it was a mix. On Sundays they had brunch, okay. but the rest of the week it was a restaurant. If yeah. that makes sense. So they'd have buffet brunch on Sundays, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. People, uh, I, I like these questions and stuff, but I also think people give our hometown too much credit. We don't have stuff. Not really. We don't have stuff. We have 15 Tim Hortons. That's it. If, if, if it wasn't uh, Jeff Bezos crumpling up our CDs, we'd have nothing. <laughs> we have nothing. If we couldn't get stuff flown in here half broken in half, we would have nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And it's too bad. Lots of broken hearts and uh, lots of tears. And broken CDs. <laughs> broken CDs. You know what I mean? No. He knows. He gets it. But yeah, Chinese buffet can be pretty good uh yeah chinese buffet is awesome no as long as you get in there before all the chuds do Mm -hmm. always with the chuds always with the chuds toy talk It, it is crazy just how much the toy landscape has changed over the years i used to love action figures but my kids have no interest in them Instead, hmm. they'll spend all kinds of time on various fidget toys like puppets. Can you think of any toy that have faded out of style like lawn darts, moon shoes? <laughs> moon shoes. Oh, moon shoes. Yeah, I remember uh, I, moon shoes. Chemistry sets. And did you ever have a Tamagotchi? Uh, I did have a Tamagotchi and my I had a sister, Tamaguchi as well. My sister had one. Different. No. Thanks for the time, Chris, yeah. and have a great show. Yeah, uh, Toys that have faded out. Uh, Easy bake ovens. I'm not sure if those are still uh, a thing at all. Or like, do kids like have their own little personalized uh, uh, vehicles? You know, they have like the little jeeps. Like uh... those are still a thing. Okay. Yeah, I I, I've seen those like within the last like two months. So those are still a thing. Yeah, easy. I mean, like, little, little kids, you'll get, like, the play grocery stores. Little kids love that shit. Um, moon boots fall falling away. Tamagotchis I had, Tamaguchis, whatever. Um, for some reason, I think there was, wasn't there one of each of those? Like, there was a Tamaguchi or a Tamagotchi, and then there was another one that had a very similar name, but it was a different brand. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, no, but what about Furbies? Furbies for sure. Mm-hmm. Furbies for sure. Not to mention NFTs. Mm-hmm. NFTs and Furbies uh, are pretty much the those, same. Those, thing. those are man toys. Those are man toys. <laughs> same, so were Furbies. Yeah. If you ask the right guy. Yes, the right guy. Um, dudes. Uh, troll dolls. 
Like, I thought they tried to bring trolls back. Maybe that, uh, they did felt. try to bring trolls back. Uh, that remember, was it Troll Warriors? When they were trying to make them all like buff for boys. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah, I do remember that. So mm. we had trolls. What else do we have? Shit. Well, uh, what about slime toys? Slime, slime's huge still. Who's kids fucking love slime? Well, it seems like yeah. the the impression I get is a lot of uh, kids are into eggs. Kids are into eggs because uh, you can have a uh, silly putty in eggs. You can have slime in eggs. You know, it's actually really big with kids now. And uh, like my my brothers' uh, girls are really into it. Is um toilets and like the poop emoji. Ooh. So like, but it's like because they they like. They told us that they were into that, and, and we're like, they they're like, they're into and toilets. They, and then they giggle. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what do you mean? But then we went to the like the toy store one time, and there was tons of toilet toys <laughs> everywhere. And we're like, oh, so this is just a thing that they're pushing on kids right now. Is It's like toilets are funny because it's like I don't think any of them, like these kids just came up with it themselves. They're like, yeah, toys or uh, toilets. It was a thing that they and, just and fucking did. Soon enough, they're, they're going to be listening to Blink-182 on CD. And it will have come full circle. Fuck. I hope so. You're well positioned, RJ. Well, there's no better place to get an enema of the state than on a toilet, let me tell you. <laughs> You're here first, folks. Uh, let your kids know. <laughs> well, I mean... RJ's got a message for America's children. <laughs> only if medically necessary for... <laughs> yeah. In, unless you're of a consenting adult age and yeah. you can approve... It's like, yeah. what, what are you, Kellogg over there? <laughs> All about those enemas. Kellogg? Like yeah. The cereal? The, the founder, like the like Mr. Kellogg. He was all about what, enemas. He was into colonics? Yeah. And enemas? Mm-hmm. You ever seen Dracula Dead and Loving It? Uh, I... The Leslie Nielsen. I think I just saw that. Brooks? I think I saw a Blu-ray. It was just announced. So there's a, there's a Renfield in that one. He gets given colonics, oh, you know, which are just uh, like enemas, like every five just, minutes. John Kellogg was also a eugenicist. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's like one day, RJ, we're going to have a Wikipedia entry, and it'll just be podcaster, eugenicist, uh, toilet enthusiast. Well, I mean... I mean, I, I, I never said I was down with the eugenics. I, I don't know what the catalogs is. Well, just imagine, though. Like, that, that's like gold, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just so matter of fact. Because it's like John Harvey Kellogg was, because he's dead since 1943, mm-hmm. an American medical doctor, nutritionist, inventor, health activist, eugenicist, and businessman. And a businessman. And a businessman. It's like they don't even mention his uh, that he brought cornflakes around, you know? It's like they don't uh, even mention. And so there's a Washington Post article from 1994. An enema of the people. On a typical afternoon at the turn of the century, John Harvey Kellogg, physician, serial visionary, and founder of the modern health movement, could be found in his study at the Battle Creek Sanitarium, Bending over to administer his fifth enema of the day to himself. Fifth of the day to himself? It was apparently one of his most treasured rituals, given his lifelong emphasis on colonic purity. So next time, folks, you're eating your special K, just think about 
John Kellogg, eugenicist, just blowing shitty water out of his butthole. Five in a day is too much, dude. Yeah, I think you're right. I I won't I won't question you on that one. Five five in a five day, in is, a day too is too much. Five, five in a day is too much. <laughs> can oh, your, can your dear. body even take it? No, I don't think they can. I don't think so. Well, he is dead. I mean, I don't know the cause. Well, yeah, why do you think killed him? Mm-hmm. Who's to say? to say next up rob eagle uh interesting what's going on with robert english pimp my pizza Ooh. hi creeps first of all congratulations to reese for his wonderful turn as a guest host last week i was touched that he gave me a shout out a mere six (laughs) minutes into the episode Although, mm-hmm. one might think with his talk of private eyes and sleuths that Reese believes I'm some kind of cyber stalker. Potentially. On a totally unrelated subject, Reese should trim the hedge next to his garbage bins. I feel his neighbors will mm. soon be complaining. I had the self-same thought that Jared did, that Reese and RJ sound uncannily alike, which immediately wow. conjured an image of Reese and RJ at Catholic school. Reese, being slightly younger, I saw as RJ's mini-me hints my compulsion to pick up my crayons. That mm-hmm. said, and despite Jared's blatant and frankly scurrilous uh, encouragement, I declined to speculate about the origins of Reese's non-diplume sugar head. I shall that, mm-hmm. uh, leave that to others. Well, so far, no no one's been on that. Yeah, nobody even nobody no even went for that at all. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. If I heard someone's nickname was Sugarhead, and this was a 15 year running nickname, I would uh, I'd be a little bit interested. You know what I mean? Um, what was I gonna say though? Uh, before we keep going, so that mini me thing, I thought that was really funny. I showed that to Andrea, and she laughed real hard. <laughs> and uh, my friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, was like, "This is so fucking stupid." He's like, "But it is so funny." <laughs> And I was like, it is stupid and funny. So it was good. It was a good one. I liked it. I liked it. What? <laughs> it fit. Yeah. Good. You know? Look at that. Mission accomplished, yeah. Rob. Mission accomplished. Moving on. You may recall my habit of visiting my local supermarket to snag the bargains they put out at opening time. I've lately been nabbing Deluxe Pizzas. Normally uh, priced $3.50. Pounds. I don't know what they call it. Three and a half pounds? Three pounds, two pence, and uh, four quarters. Reduced to 70 pence, which equates to oh. $1.18 creep gots. Uh, okay, would, so $1.18? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Would you uh, Would you be going for that, RJ? A dollar eighteen. What was the item again? Deluxe pizzas. eighteen for deluxe pizza. It's a pretty good deal for pizza. That's pretty fucking good. It depends on what the pizza looks like. I've I've gotten some pretty cheap pizza that was pretty shit, but like if it was a decent enough pizza, dollar. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for that. I'll my, go for that. My latest hobby is pimping my pizza with various extra toppings, including chorizo, different kinds mm-hmm. of salami, sun-dried tomatoes, chili stuffed olives, and my current favorite, jalapeno peppers. 
Mm. I just realized this is the very first time I've publicly discussed my cooking. I guess this is me finally coming out of the pantry. Guys, Mm. as you've seen, I do love a bargain. But I don't mess with no Black Friday nonsense. Just 30 Mm -hmm. minutes ago on eBay, I snagged an item necessary for a project I shall soon undertake. A pair of headphones complete with microphone. Cost me two English pounds. How much is two English pounds in terms of a... Let's go pounds. Two dollars. Two pounds is two dollars and sixty-seven cents American. Ooh, American. Let's get some Canadian dollars in there. Uh, Three dollars and thirty-eight cents. What a rip! Oh, interesting. I weren't. I wouldn't normally splash out on such an extravagant purchase, but the vendor, coincidentally from Canada, charmingly Mm. assured me the microphone arm is. Ellen uh, elongated to allow for your hideously elongated English snaggle teeth. <laughs> mm. What? Is that his comments or yours? Apparently the vendor. The vendor said that? <laughs> so how could I refuse? My next eBay purchase what? will be a webcam. Regards, Robert Angersh. So, whoa, 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 whoa. The vendor was ripping him for having crooked English teeth? That doesn't sound right. Well, so he sent, like, a a few minutes later, he sent me a screenshot. Uh, This is from Big Mervin 1. Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, who... Well, yeah, everyone knows Big Mervin. <laughs> well, everyone over here, of course, are quite familiar yeah. with his work. Uh, yeah, selling course. Primo headsets. Uh, yeah, well, who could forget? Uh, and yes, uh, two two pounds. Uh, but I don't I don't see proof of this <laughs> comment about Snaggletooth. So I don't know. Maybe uh, Rob is pulling our leg, but <laughs> could be English extrapolation there a little bit. You perhaps, know what I mean? perhaps. Potentially. Well, potentially. We hope whatever uh, form that this project involving headsets and webcams uh, pays off in great dividends. Well, you'd hope. You'd hope. No. Who's to say? But you'd hope. No. You'd hope. Finally, Sam Sanchez. Oh, shit. Are we still doing emails? Holy fuck. (laughs) Last one. Last one. I mean, we did get get close to 10. We did it. One, close. two, yeah. three, four, five, six. Damn. Uh, but six is not ten, RJ. Um, six is not ten. No, six is not ten. Lack of respect. Oh shit! What happened? Oh man! So over the last two weeks, G Pump said "fuck this guy" about me, and now last week, Balrog referred to myself directly as a mediocre listener. <laughs> what did we? I said Sam Sanchez yeah, is a mediocre No, a, I would have a, never said that. Uh, I know he didn't finish it's... the thought out loud verbally, but the implication oh. was there. <laughs> can't say no, I, I appre- can't say I appreciate his recent severe lack of respect. Uh... I I don't know what he's talking about. What are you talking about, Sam Sanchez? <laughs> I have never said anything like that ever. I mean, I know I, talk, I call everyone incels and stuff like that, but uh, I mean, I know you're married. You got kids, so clearly you're not. So, 
but I I don't know. Maybe I gotta listen to this episode now. I don't know what I was what I said. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You say things and you totally forget. You're like, oh, people are actually listening. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm still surprised to this day that anyone <laughs> listens. So exactly, like we're telling people to fuck themselves. Fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. A bunch of cucks and incels. Like, mm-hmm. I I never I can I mean, never remember. I mean, I think you called actually everybody a mediocre listener. I think you the, <laughs> that, that is what you said. I, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I know I've been taking rips at our listeners lately, but I think people got to realize that's just self projection. You know, mm-hmm. we we see ourselves as mediocre incel cocks, and then it. Uh, <laughs> It reflects back, so that's all that is. I'm just like I said. I'm just surprised anyone listens to this fucking thing at all. So <laughs> that out Anyways. of the way for now. Wanted to just quickly ask the expected uh-huh. question. Oh yes, Sam, I was waiting for this. The expected mm-hmm. question regarding Black Friday sales for Jared, and if he plans to partake. I think I'm going to play it light this time around. Maybe just stick to the slipcovers and the new titles. We shall see. Do you know what he's talking about, RJ? Vinegar syndrome, vinegar syndrome, doing their Black Friday sale, but not just Black, but not just vinegar syndrome. Uh, Severin's doing it, doing it right. They're doing a whole bunch of stuff. They're dumping out all this, uh, putting out new versions of stuff that Code Red uh, had before years ago. There is many choices, many many choices, ways to spend your money, hard earned, other ill begotten. What if you didn't Ill-gotten. spend your money? Uh, well, that's also a choice, a poor choice. Oh, okay. I mean, what? Are, I saw a thing the other day where it's a. It said like ninety nine percent of Black Friday sales aren't sales. Uh, other times during the year, they either get as low, if not lower. lower. Oh, hundred percent. And I mean, I get it. I saw something one time. I think it was Macy's. Macy's did away with all sales things. They said, fuck all this nonsense. It's all made up. This is the price. This is what you're going to pay for it. And then I think their um, their uh, sales dipped like like 200% or something. God damn it. So it's like people like the illusion of the sale. They, what? Did I cut out? Oh, no, 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 no. I was just looking at Vinegar Syndrome's uh, list of titles because they've got two they haven't announced. Uh, plus, there's going to yeah. be at least two more. From their uh, action line, I guess if you want to call it that, or I can't remember what VSA is. I can't remember what the A means, but it's kind of like where they put these weird, uh, not weird, but kind of uh, PM entertainment style action movies that people really like. I've picked up a few of those myself. Uh, but <clears throat> two films that are putting out RJ on Blu-ray and 4K, two okay. of your all-time favorite. I'm in vinegar syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Flesh for Frankenstein. <laughs> that face. All right. And uh, Dario Argento's trauma. Oh man. Oh man. Well, flesh, flesh for Frankenstein is just like. So what's really Whatever. so what's really cool about Flesh for Frankenstein is it is yeah. completely it's actually so uh, Paul Morrissey he actually just released these uh, the rights to Vinegar Syndrome and I believe it's Severin that just they put out Blood for Dracula uh, yeah. and Flesh for Frankenstein and Flesh for Frankenstein is going to have the best uh, duplication of like 3D ever so it's actually you're going to be mm-hmm. able to watch this if you have a 3D television in like the best it's ever looked 
pure, like mm. real 3D, not whatever it is, anaglyphic, whatever the, whatever they call it. Yeah, but, anamorph 3D. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Anamorph 3D. Yep. Uh, so that's neat for this movie that I'm very so-so on. It's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, trauma, I think. You've seen, and I have not. And I remember it's, you, uh, you, it's just you were not, good. not a fan. I mean, I'll look it up to see if I had any, if I tagged it in any way or anything like that. But, it, oh, I gave it a one star. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and my review was yikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brad Dourif. Yeah, but he's only in it for um. I remember the Brad Dourif part. He's only in it for like maybe two minutes, like at most. But uh, yeah, Trauma's not a good show, dude. Like it's um, mm-hmm. I think it's also got like weird stuff. Like you know that weird stuff with like Argento and I think his daughter is uh is she in this as an actress? Yeah. So Asia is in this. Yeah. And it's like, you know what I'm talking about? The weird stuff with well, I've him seen, and his daughter. I, I've, right? I've seen Stendhal Syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's as bad as that one, but like I haven't I I haven't seen Stendhal Syndrome and I watched Trauma and I was like, "Ooh. That's not good." <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's just it's just like not it's just not a good movie. So, Flesh for Frankenstein is whatever. It's uh it's a unique thing at the very least, but mm. um uh, Oh, well, I think it's creature which is like the i think the william malone movie it's like that's kind of more your alley i guess the aliens oh i love aliens yeah. well don't get me started on so yeah I'm, not, I'm pretty excited about this i mean it says pretty much everything 50 percent off um pretty a, much pretty much is what it says i'm okay. kind of more interested in their uh partner label stuff this time around but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what that all means. I'll have to report more okay. about this next week. But yes, I do plan on making some purchases uh, in about 26 hours because it'll be starting at 10 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Really? Sam will be there at 9 p.m. I, I have to ask Sam, have you ever wondered, thought about like, doing the the year subscription just one time treat yourself drop nine hundred dollars and get everything you don't even have to pick and choose you just they just send it to you that'd be okay yeah. every month is just like a little gift from your friends hmm. a little treat a little, a little gift treat a little treat and then yes severin's got their uh package i just saw put together lots of you know bigfoot pulling dicks off of movies type of deals now, How, what are they pulling off? Dicks off of motorcyclists going okay. to have a pee. Yeah, get, I'm fine with that. Then they get their dick ripped off. Yeah, Night of the Demon is what it's called. Uh, uh yeah, I'm. Oh yes, I know that. Yeah. Getting dicks ripped off. Yeah, I know what ev- you're everybody about. knows about that. Yeah, uh, I think it was on uh, Cinemassacre once. <sighs> Movie madness. Yeah, it was. That's where they're yeah. obsessing about that. Uh, let's see here. What's on the What's in the picture? Oh, House on the Edge of the Park is actually super appealing because it's got the soundtrack for the movie, and that movie's got at least two uh, really great Resort Lonnie uh, tracks that I really like. And I've only ever like mm. the the two pieces of it are only sourced off of the uh, movie itself. So there's like weird movie sounds, and it's not just the songs by itself. So this is really cool. 
mm-hmm. bloody pit of horror is fine. Uh, Black Candle, remember Goat Fucking last year, RJ? Remember, or a couple years ago? Oh, Jarrett. Jarrett. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. What did you describe it as? Uh, something called Halfway House. Oh, no. What did you describe this goat movie as? You said that the act in the movie was white. It was pretty white. It's, 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 what? Pretty cool? Is oh, okay. That, is that what I heard someone say? I don't know. I, I was just, I just, sorry. I was just reading things in the comments. Oh, and that's on the uh, Alex Jones website where the comments are. Because uh, it was a review for that. Just movie. on fa- just on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fine too. I guess. Not too bad. Also good. Not too shabby. Ooh, and now uh, Sam Sanchez touches on something I wanted to talk about this week in the news. But we talk about it now. Sure. Lastly, don't know if you guys heard about the new Citizen Kane Criterion release. It has an issue with the Blu-ray disc. You guys see this? A the 4K? P- not the well, not the 4K disc. A- apparently, they were originally requesting people to mail in their discs for replacement, but some were getting upset about that. And recently, like that was just like a few, like you know, six seven mm-hmm. hours ago, I think they conceded and said they will send replacements with. Proof of destruction of the defective Blu-ray disc. How would you fellas destroy? How would you fellas destroy your Citizen Kane Blu-ray disc? Okay, so uh, so wait, wait, wait. Why do they want you to destroy it? Because there's a an defect fault in it. Yes. So uh, it came out Tuesday, and I believe on Monday, the word got out, and Crit- Criterion posted about this on Instagram and Facebook, and they're like, "Hey, yeah." So like the the Blu-ray disc, not the 4K disc that's in the box set. Uh, has an mm-hmm. issue where about 30 minutes into the movie, the contrast gets really bad for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, whatever it is, like an hour and a half, it looks like crap. So that's a problem. <laughs> the, this criterion, the, the company mm-hmm. about restorations. I mean, obviously they probably put the work in to do all that. Uh, it's a, uh, there's a screw up somewhere along the line, bad file, uh, didn't got used instead, put it onto the disc. So their solution was, hey, so uh, mail us your discs. Like, so you have to take your garbage disc, mail it to them at your cost. Let me, like, mind you. At your cost? At your cost. And they will give you $10, like, credit for their fucking store. Uh, Do they mail you back? Uh, they will send uh, you. Uh, yeah, they, they will send you a proper disc. But and John, then John Mulvaney, John Mulvaney, whatever his name is, John Criterion, I guess that's his nom de plume. Yeah. John Mulvaney. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, send them to me, and uh, we'll we'll set you up. So it's like, okay, I've never, like, I've bought a bunch of different Blu-rays and stuff like that that have had defects, and mm-hmm. I've never been asked to mail anything back once. Ever, hmm. they just say, "Yeah, just hold on to it. Send us a proof of purchase, or just even file a claim, and we'll just fill mm-hmm. it." Uh, but not Criterion. <laughs> like, so yeah, people were pissed off about this. I, I, I assume, but of course, was reading in the comments. There's people like, "Bravo, Criterion, masterfully handled." Was one of the first things I saw. I'm like, "Oh, I want to just cancel this podcast." <laughs> like, just like fuck Criterion. Who said? Who said? Who some, said masterfully some handled? Idi- some idiot. Some idiot that just like loves Criterion. Just think that they much. were an incel. It, it, 
Uh, they're Criterion fans. So. That's where the C so from Incel comes from. It's a big Criterion C. Yeah, it's a big Criterion. Oh my god, that'd be a great mock-up, <laughs> Incel. But the C is. <laughs> you you guys know what I mean. Yeah, that... it's going to materialize. I'm sure in the next uh, 24 hours. So, yeah. Uh, Obviously, there was a somewhere there was a backlash because all I was seeing was like, "Oh, these things happen." Criterion, you do your best. Great, great program you're doing. It's like, no, it's not a great program. This is a pain in the ass because a lot of people aren't even going to see this ever, uh, and they're going to get this as like a Christmas gift, and it's fucking the end of November. I mean, all these things suck, and those things are outside of the control yeah. of Criterion. But this whole idea that oh, you have to mail it in. Don't don't worry about packing it well because they don't care. Like they they just want these to destroy them because like there's obviously Obviously, some value in like someone can just like log on to this site and like I said this put my address in and they'll send me a free copy of Citizen Kane on Blu-ray. <laughs> and this is like a big title too. This isn't I don't know like the most comparable thing I can even come up top of my head is uh, Scream Factory put out like the Friday the Thirteenth big box set and I think it was Friday the Thirteenth three D. There's a problem with the three D cut on the disc and then there, I think it was one of the other movies had an issue on like the special features and you just like had to like say hey i need coffee i need replacements and they just sent them and scream factory can't be that much bigger or smaller than criterion who's that's all they do because scream factory i think was part of rhino or is a division of it and they, they made good on it but fucking criterion they're going no you gotta send us it we don't trust you mm-hmm. you you fucking dirt bags uh you want you just want your free orson wells I- don't you I think it's because they're trying to withhold the brand, right? Where it's like what you said. If someone sells it, it's like, here's a criterion of Citizen Kane, and they get it, and it's all fucked up. Then, well, I guess those people would just be like, well, it's the people who owned it before. They must have fucked it up. Well, but, I mean, they'd buy it as a Christmas gift, and then maybe some yeah, people don't. Get, or they never open it, because a lot of people don't even yeah. open their movies. And then when they go to watch, they go, what's all this about? Because the 4K thing, like, a lot of people don't even have 4K players, but which is nice that is. the Blu-ray is in the case, but that one's messed up. So Criterion will make good on it, but it took a little bit of pressure to be like, hey, assholes, why do we have to mail this to you? That seems really impractical. And it is. So they went, oh, hey, guys, just show us how you would dis- us, like, show a photo of it, that disc destroyed, photograph it and send us in. That's fair because there is like a – I've seen people try to sell their um, Friday the 13th repl- – like, not the replacement discs but the discs that needed replacing. People are selling those. And you're like, well, who cares? But because yeah. it's a faulty disc, and they're like, oh, I can make some money off of it. Which you know, I've got a stack of discs that I just throw into an envelope. I'm like, well, I don't want these. I just got to keep them in a separate place from the the real thing, and I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But oh, Criterion, they just they can't do anything just like normal, <laughs> like every other standard yeah. of there is. Like that happened with the um, my Batman. Uh, like Adam West collection, there was a few of the discs from like, Criterion. No, uh, from Warner Brothers, I guess. Mm. Uh, they fucked up some episodes, I guess. And I mean, I would have never learned this because I still haven't watched that thing through. And so mm-hmm. they had to like they made replacement disc. I didn't. I said it shows uh, prove a purchase, and that was it. And I could do that easily. It had like a number on it, so I sent that in. That's all it took, and they sent me discs like a month later. Oh, but Criterion, they want you to destroy the disc in front of them. Make it look good. Make them really feel the pain. So, to, to it's Sam, so so strange. It is very yeah. I was going to mention this because I was kind of like, what 
the fuck's wrong with this company? Because they don't fuck yeah. up their... I don't think they do this. They've never really fucked up. This is like a... If of all releases, this is the worst yeah. one imaginable. Because they probably sold a ton of, of Citizen Kane's. Like, if you're going to sell very many movies, this is like a big one. And probably at the beginning, the pre-orders on it are massive. And maybe that's why they have to do it this way. Because mm-hmm. they're like, this, is, this could... Uh, leave us financially devastated so uh you have to send us this mm-hmm. disc but i don't know it, it did seem really weird to me so rj how would you destroy your citizen kane blu-ray disc toilet i flush it. it you know it's like sam why do you even ask like you, i don't know what to ask him this you already know what he's going to say before he wrote it yeah you guys have you guys 100 percent. all of my problems are because of and also solved from the toilet so it's all my pro- root of my problems and the solution to my problems at the same time um do you think that would be ex- yeah that's, that's so, so weird now if, now <laughs> i wonder strange. if you sent this photo in of the, of the disc right in the toilet. not not broken just like submerged in the toilet and you took a photo yeah. of it would that be acceptable is that is that could that be construed as destroy because they'd be like they make this argument well you could take it out of the water and dry it off and play it well you say well the ionization in the water not to mention the fecal properties of what's in the toilet that i like i would argue that yes it would be thoroughly destroyed by the process well john criterion i think would would want to have a debate because that's the sort of guy he is he'd go debate me bro yeah I'll debate him. Yeah, he'd, fucking no problem. He'd, he'd, he'd uh, definitely, definitely respond saying that is not adequate. I'll debate that piece of shit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really weird. That's very so. Strange. So of course the response to this that I was seeing was like, well, I guess I w- would have fucking known that yesterday before I mailed it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would have read. Yeah, because if you got to mail it at your own pay, which is and th- so okay, the, and, okay. ridiculous. I didn't even get to the thing that makes like made me mad about it. It's like so you get this ten dollars that you have to spend at this fucking store. That like if if you get it from if you actually ordered it from Criterion dot com for Canadians, we'd have to like oh you have to sh- whatever we we get, we have to ship it through DHL, which is the worst piece of shit in terms of shipping because they have brokerage fees that you pay like 33% on the thing. So whatever you order, whatever, Oh, we're giving you some 10 bucks. So that's the one thing that's really annoying is we get these, uh, criterion channel subscription emails. Like, Hey, here's $10 credit. Mm-hmm. I never use them because I'd have to pay. I'd pay, wind up paying so much in like getting it to me. It's like, what's the, even the point? So I don't even, I don't even buy criterions anymore. And apparently I shouldn't cause they're faulty. And if I do, they're like, well, you gotta send, you gotta send that disc back. You want to inspect it? I don't know. I have no clue. It's probably some weird mm-hmm. legal thing, and it's Warner Brothers, and they're probably antsy. But I mean, Warner Brothers would just replace it. They wouldn't give a crap. That's really weird. <sighs> yeah. And on top of that, RJ, so at the end of October, I ordered a couple movies from Unobstructed View, the Canadian distributor of Criterion's. Pretty well the sole distributor at this point. Amazon has stuff, but mm-hmm. the, 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 the pickings are slim. Uh, and the, this unobstructed view company, I don't know what they're doing. I ordered this stuff like October, what, October 29th still hasn't shipped. <laughs> it's been a month. No ship. And I've read multiple people on Facebook saying how they never, how slow it is to ship. 
And I'm like, okay, well, it's a good thing I wasn't like hoping to wash these for Halloween or anything like that, and like it ordered them like a week earlier or something. I'd been be like, oh, well, I guess we'll be watching these next year. When I order them on the 29th, I know I'm not going to be watching them. But they're going to be handling the Citizen Kane situation for Canada, which makes me even more like, oh, good. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I didn't have anything to do with this order or this release at this time. Eventually they will probably put the right discs into the cases and then you don't have to worry about this crap anymore. But yeah. Dumb. I mean, part of that, I, part of that I think is um, like the shipment stuff is because of all the natural disasters in Canada recently, I think is that's why shipment is going. But if, if where you're getting it shipped was anywhere other than BC, then they don't really have an excuse. Was it from BC? No, Ontario. Oh, okay, so there's no excuse. Well, it's also been a month, <laughs> uh, which yeah. is quite a while. But one of yeah, these days, no I might email them and go, "Hey, what's up?" And then they won't respond, which apparently is a common refrain I've read on Facebook about with this company. And a lot of people are saying, "I wish I could order from them, but it takes forever." Mm-hmm. It's a good thing I'm not in a rush. But it is like one of those things when I look at my one email where I have these like shipments that I have just waiting. And it's like. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> it only takes a week to get anything from one side of the country to the other. And uh, here we are. They haven't even allegedly. shipped it. They haven't even shipped it. Allegedly. Go look, go look in the warehouse. In which warehouse? I don't know. The warehouse. In like your warehouse? Yeah. What? 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 I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't either. Hey, RJ, what you been creeping on this week? Fuck, nothing. Okay. You've been playing <laughs> I mean, Metroid. I've been playing Metroid. I saw you watched movies again, so I'll let you go. But whenever you do want me to, I can always do a blitz on Millennium anytime you want. I got two seasons in the can, baby. I'm halfway through three, so I almost got an entire series. All right, RJ. I finally clicked on the the GIF. And, uh, yeah. uh, and what did you see? Well, his uh, leather pants just went. And then what happened? <laughs> That's it. They're just there. Everything's on display. Yeah. So the reason I sent you that, Jer. That's you? Because those are my underpants currently. Oh, wow. Lenny Kravitz. You have Lenny Kravitz's underpants. Does he, wow. does he sell them like that? Uh, pre, I mean, pre, if you, if you pay the right dollar. Yeah. If you pay the right dollar amount, you probably uh, could get in on that. It's the style of the time. I've never, well, I've never seen that before. It was a huge deal, like a couple of years ago. And anyone listening, just Google. I mean, you can even use your incognito mode if you don't want the the cookies. Just Google Lenny Kravitz leather pants gif, and you'll find something pretty incredible. I think mm. pretty incredible. Uh, so what have I watched? Hmm. How much? How much did you watch? A bunch of stuff um, or a I, little I, bit of stuff? I got like six things I could talk about, I suppose. Holy fuck. I know. You watched a lot of shit. I'm, uh, I'm doing her up, you know. All right. What do you got? Uh, let's see here. Uh, so I watched some noirs out of respect for Sam Sanchez and his strongly held belief for noir vember. Okay. So, so you caved. No, I'm not. I'm just showing respect. Okay. You know what? Tip of the hat. I follow. Tip of I the follow. Hat. Uh, these were on Criterion and uh, Channel. And so I was like, oh, sure, I'll watch 
No Way Out with Sidney Poitier, my sure. my, my boy Richard Widmark. Uh, what's this? What's this movie all going to be about? <clears throat> well, the tagline for this film, RJ, is: Is it a question or an answer? Uh, maybe the question is the answer. The Do you know what I mean? Biddle Brothers shot while mm. robbing a gas station are taken to the prison ward of the county hospital. Ray Biddle, a rabid racist, wants no treatment from black resident Dr. Luther Brooks. When Brother John dies while Luther tries to save him, Ray is certain it's murder and becomes obsessed with vengeance. But there are black racists around too, and the situation slides rapidly toward violence. Uh, so, so what does that mean? Well, they were uh, always. Richard Widmark. Uh, he definitely gets to say the N word a lot in this movie. Do you think he enjoyed it? I don't know. He, his character seemed to uh, enjoy himself. So mm. this so this movie stars uh, director of Ghost Dad Sidney Poitier. Yeah, I, well, yeah, yeah. What about the star of Ghosts with Dad? Does not have that guy in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, does not have that. Uh, at one time convicted and uh, rapist. At one time. At one time. Yeah. Uh, so Sidney Poitier is a doctor. Uh, he's trying to make it in 1950s white man's world. Uh, and even though it's like they're all, they're all doing him a favor by treating him like a person, uh, <laughs> he's just trying to like you know get through this and uh, prove himself. And so he's like really going mm-hmm. the extra mile to uh, do everything right, even though there's a whole lot of bullshit standing in his way, including the, his friends, his allies, his colleagues that are there to help him. He's like, well, I'd hire even mm-hmm. more of you if I could, of you people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, dear. Of you? Yeah. That's 1950. This this is like some pretty uh, edgy stuff. Does, does it get into um, Roger uh, Corman territory with the... Uh, no. It is, but there is, like, it is startling, though, Mm -hmm. to just, like, watch these men yelling that word out. (laughs) You're just like, wow. And he he goes for it. It's just over and over and over again. You're just like, holy shit. I just imagine being in the theater with an an audience at the time this came out. I don't know how it would fly. What would you do if you were there in real life? I would sink into my chair. Oh my god! And you'd go, oh dear, <laughs> uh oh, uh, like that. Yeah, uh oh. Uh, so this movie's mm. pretty good. Pretty good show. It's decent. Mm. Uh, it's okay. not, not an all-time banger film noir, in my opinion. It, mm-hmm. it feels it feels like it's missing uh, something that. Sure. I don't know. It it felt maybe a little on the long side. Guess, and I don't know what that is because it's not a super long movie, 106 minutes. But sometimes those 16 minutes they add up here and there. Mm. But you can't take anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Performances are all good. Um, it looks it looks very nice. What's the name of the guy who directed this? Uh, Joe Joe Mankiewicz, Joseph Mankiewicz, who's directed That's such not, movies. Not a real name is it? Such movies as All About Eve. Which is a all time banger. Oh, okay. Also directed that movie Sleuth that I know some people like. Cleopatra from nineteen sixty three, a movie that some people point to as being like the the colossal flop that kind of helped jumpstart New Hollywood. 
You know about mm. New Hollywood, RJ? Yeah, that's what they say about us. You, you know about guy, I know about NU Hollywood. You, you know about Guys and Dolls from 1955? Uh, I know about Dolls and Dames. With Marlon Brando, Frank Sinatra, Gene Simons. You know I've about, heard. You know about them? I've heard once or twice. What, what, what does uh, Costanza have to say about that? About Guys and Dolls? Yeah. It's all downtown, man. Hmm. Anyway, interesting sound there. Um, So yeah, this movie is good. I follow that. I don't actually know the the appropriate response to that. Okay. Uh, Then watch. We might be out of sync here. I I don't know what's going on on your end, but yeah. Okay, sorry. Continue. Okay, so I watched Niagara or Niagara. I think everyone. Okay. I think everyone agrees that it's called Niagara. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, you know about Marilyn Monroe? I saw her on a poster on a thing one time. Okay, yeah, that's probably how most people have seen her. Is on is in photographs. I don't. If there's she was po- in a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Uh, was she? She did that once. Someone said that she's only pretty because of the dresses she wears, and she wouldn't be pretty in a sack, a potato sack, and so she wore a sack of potatoes one time. I see. <clears throat> well, trivia for you. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Like another movie I watched uh, after this is about a killer blonde bombshell who is tr- trying to kill her husband or plotting to kill her husband. Ooh, that's a spoiler probably for this. Movie from 1953, 70 years old almost. Good mm. God. Uh, this movie stars also Joseph Cotton, who you will remember from The Third Man mm-hmm. and Citizen Kane. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's he's uh, battle fatigued, you know, from World War II. Is that good? No, usually it's not. Mm. Not a good thing. Uh, this also stars Gene Peters, who is... An actress who is also, I think, Howard Hughes' second or third wife, it's put. Um, she was also in Pickup on South Street. It's one of Sam Sanchez's favorite movies ever. Is that so? Yep. Has he ever talked about it? Uh, not that I'm aware of. But, I mean, oh, he's God. probably wrote in about it or something. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Potentially. There's something. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and she's married to this fucking chud guy played by <laughs> Max Schulwater. Holy fuck, this guy sucks. Max Schulwater? Max Schulwater, who's um, mm. who's in Bus Stop with Marilyn Monroe. Um, mm. And 16 Candles. He's in there somewhere. But, oh, guy, this guy sucks. I, like, this is like, I had a very strong reaction when he was on the screen. He just not a not a good performer in my when mind. When you say you had a reaction to it, like well, I didn't like a physical I, reaction. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't shit myself, uh, RJ style, but well, I mean, few people can do things with such elegance and grace mm-hmm. that I can. Yeah. So I understand that. That's totally fine. Yeah. Uh so this all it takes place at Niagara Falls. Um, Marilyn Monroe and Joseph Cotton's characters. They're hanging out in these cabins, and she's plotting away. She's got a younger lover, and she's like, "I want to get rid of this guy, this this Joseph Cotton. He's he's no good." And, and I've got I've got urges. She's got what? Urges. 
She's Can a, you describe what those are? Horny. She's a horny lady, and she wants to bang Aww. some young man instead, uh, or man her age, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And this other couple shows up, and they're like, oh, golly, we're over three days into our honeymoon. <laughs> hey, honey. It's like, oh, look at her. And like, he's like just thirsting after Marilyn Monroe. And like mm-hmm. in front, like right there, it's like, look at that. And staring at her ass, walking down the street. And you're like, whoa, dude, come on. He's like that meme of the guy walking down the street with his girlfriend. He's looking. She did what to him? He did what to her? You know that meme? You know that meme. Don't pretend, RJ. I just. You know about about Lenny Kravitz's dick, but you don't know about (laughs) the, uh, what is it, the distracted boyfriend meme? Well, I think the. I think the biggest thing you got to remember here is Lenny Kravitz is a national icon, Jarrett. So is distracted boyfriend and his lady friend and the thing that's catching his eye. The new thing. I mean. So that's that's kind of what's going on here a little bit. Not really, because this guy's just a, a schmohawk. Gene Peters detects something's a little amiss, and there's a little bit of investigating. And then a dead body's found, and then it turns out that dead body is not the dead body they thought it was. And there was a switcheroo, but then then you get into some battle fatigue action, some vet exploitation territory. Uh, how 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 vet exploitation? Uh, well, it's it gets kind of Hitchcockian too, with Hitchcockian. some very, very Vertigo esque uh, framing big mm. monumental shots of uh waterfalls and these overhanging bells in this church uh st- yeah it's, it's it's got some pretty classy sh- cinematography it looks pretty good mm-hmm. um but i don't know it's, again this movie's fine <laughs> you can like zone in and out and completely know where it's going I don't think, to me, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of nuance, but it was easy enough to follow. Uh, it's a good illustration of, like, I don't know, why Marilyn Monroe is Marilyn Monroe. She, she's a she's a star. She's, I don't know, something that we lack nowadays in Hollywood. Uh, and what is that? Is that I what it I don't know. Is? Yeah, it. Which, hmm. like, like, pretty well, I don't know. It seemed like a lot. I'm not sure if it's nostalgia or what it is, but it just seemed like, actors of a lot of of an of an era they they had something they they were no they weren't timothy's if you know what i mean oh just nothing you mean yeah it's like yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) to me anyway i i follow i follow because there's the other movie with a with a blonde bombshell uh that is stacked with stars (laughs) Which other movie? Well, I can talk about that now, I guess. This is also oh. the Criterion Channel. Uh, the movie called To Die For, starring Nicole Kidman. Directed, Nicole Kidman. Directed by Gus Van Sant. <laughs> I thought he only did movies like Jerry. Well, he also threw curveballs like this back in 1995. Mm. So, uh, so this is a movie that I had not... I, I think I bought this on DVD for like five bucks, and I never watched it. I was just like, I don't know. I think this is going to suck because I, mm. I, I got to tell you, not a, not a much of a Nicole Kidman fan. I think she's. Uh, Could you describe what you mean by that? Not, I think she's not great, but she is pretty good in Deadcom. It's hit and miss. 
<clears throat> What's Dead Con? A movie I've told you to watch with Billy Zane and oh, and, and, and Dr. Graham. For some reason, I thought you meant dead calm, like dead, and then dot calm, like dot, dead no. calm. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you should watch That'd that movie. That'd be a good one. Dead dot, dead dot, dead, dead dot com. Well, there's that, what's that video game one? Is it dead? No, it's not. Is it dead dot com? Well, there, well there's fear dot com. Fear Which is dot. not about video games at all. Well, there's, what is the one about video games? I think Frankie Muniz, isn't it? It's like, you die in the game, you die for real. Oh, do you know what I mean? That's a lot of movies. Fear.net or something like that. It's uh, something like that. Oh, Stay alive. Stay alive. Well, same title. So, yeah. uh, To Die For Stars, Nicole Kidman, also has Matt Dillon, Joaquin Phoenix, Casey Affleck, Alina Douglas, Dan Hedaya, Wayne, Wayne Knight, Kurtwood Kurt Smith. Red Foreman mm-hmm. himself. Or Bitches Leave. Bitches leave. Tell me more about this Wayne Knight. Well, Dennis Dennis about. Nedry, aka Newman. Mm-hmm. He's he he kind of runs the uh, the small town um, like public TV channel. I'll backtrack a little bit. So to die for the tagline, RJ. All she wanted was a little attention. Suzanne Stone wants to be a world-famous news anchor, and she's willing to do anything to get what she wants. What she lacks in intelligence, she makes up for in cold determination and diabolical wiles. As she pursues her goal with relentless focus, she is forced to destroy anything and anyone that may stand in her way, regardless of the ultimate cost or means necessary. This is garbage so bad. This is not the tone of the movie at all. This is like a... Uh, it's a black comedy. Okay. And it's almost like a, it's a very cinematic documentary, uh, where there's a lot of talking heads and then it cuts to flashbacks, but it's very like, it doesn't feel like you're watching a documentary. You're like watching 35 millimeter talking heads handheld. Mm. And it's after the fact where Matt Dillon is dead. He has been killed. Uh, Nicole Kidman seems to be the center of attention after this has happened and there's this lot of her being interviewed by someone and there's all these flashbacks talking to Matt Dillon's uh, sister in the movie played by Alina Douglas, who has some, some bad feelings toward her in general. Uh, so Nicole Kidman marries Matt Dillon, uh, and, but her ambition far exceeds his. He's just okay. You know, um, uh, Mm. You know, being a guy in town and kind he of just one of the boys is that what you're saying? His his dad is Dan Hedaya. They're a good Ita- mm. I- Italian family. Oh shit! How Italian? Oh, they, like, they they own a restaurant. They cook in the uh, the macaroni and gravy in that I, restaurant. I, 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 I did not notice it. Ah, uh, did well, you could have been there though? Did, did you hear that uh, Tony Soprano is not a good role model? <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. I, uh, I, there, there's other memes where those galaxy brain ones about, uh, people talking about toxic masculinity and, <laughs> and Gabagool. Gabagool. Yeah. There, there's, there's other ones like that, that I think, uh, eloquently put the point of what, what he is as a character, but yeah. Sure. Why we don't like Tony? Uh, racism. They said, <laughs> 
was the first one, and you go. Well, okay. that, that, on that list though, numbered wise, it was like nine yeah. or something. It was like nine, yeah. And then you know, it was like he cheated on Carmella, and it's like, yeah, that's what Tony does. He's not supposed to be a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, he's a villain. It's a, yes. it's a show about the villain. It's yes, yeah. I yeah yeah yeah. I So anyway, so Nicole Kidman, she's trying to become famous and she starts realizing that Matt Dillon's not going to be helping her with that, but she's married to this guy now, so she's kind of trapped. Um she starts working for Wayne Knight doing The Weather. But then she's like I I've, I have these other ideas, these other projects. And so she starts going to a high school cuz she wants to make a documentary about students. And Three students that come from this uh, are played by Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who plays a, a simple boy who we are catching up with as, uh, you know, mopping floors in prison. <laughs> so, oh. so you, you kind of go, oh, I see where this is going. Uh, Casey Affleck does not get interviewed in this. But so this is like 1995, though. So it's y- young boy Casey Affleck. And, mm. uh, and oh, what's the name of the actress who plays the girl amongst in this crew Allison Falland uh, who's in kind of more what is she in The Fighter, The Happening Goodwill mm-hmm. Hunting, Boys Don't Cry um, so she's, I think I know who you're talking yeah. about anyway so uh, what happens is Nicole Kidman starts getting to work and seducing this this young joker Joker, mm-hmm. Joker Phoenix. Uh, Joker Phoenix. Yeah. And talking about oh, how shit. Matt Dillon beats me. He hurts, oh, he hurts shit. me. I, I got to get out of this. But I, I would love, I just want to be with you. And oh, uh, shit. But I can't be. Oh, my husband's so abusive. And oh, maybe you should borrow that gun from your friend and come rob the place while I'm doing the weather and take care of my mm. problem. So it's that kind of deal. It's that kind of mm. movie. It's decent. It's like mm-hmm. it's very nineties. Uh, so if you're looking for that kind of feeling of uh, when even like an okay movie, and I I see actually a lot of people who watch this now. They're really loving it on my uh, my network of friends. How come? I don't know. They they really like it. They really like it a lot. I, I did you I, really like it a lot? It's okay. Uh, yeah. I, I remember this period of time pretty specifically uh, i think this movie is just like it's ex- the, the cast is just excellent and there's there's one cameo that's like ooh yeah <laughs> so good i was not i didn't notice it in the credits and i was like that's pretty cool um but was it was, steve buscemi no not steve buscemi not quite was it willem dafoe no not willem dafoe was it steve buscemi so this is on criterion oh. And is okay. uh, I don't know. It's worth like a toss on if you're looking for ninety sweat, RJ, and which I know you often are. I usually am. And you said this was fear.com? Yes, that's the the name yeah. of the a- title of the a- film. AKA to die for. Oh, okay, so to die for, AKA fear.com, semicolon, stay alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good. Is it? It's not like an actual Criterion film, though. Is no. It? Okay, then I'll actually maybe watch it. Is it is just on the channel. Yeah, then I would maybe watch it. But I was going to say, like, so yeah, Nicole Kidman in this is fine. I, I think some people, like, really lost their minds over this at some point. But I, yeah. I feel like a lot of other uh, actors would probably be just as good. 
Who would you have cast? I don't know. I'm not a casting director. What about like, uh, I don't know, Whoopi Goldberg? Probably not. Probably not, not Whoopi. I, I think, uh, I think it would subtract from what they were going for. Mm. She's mm-hmm. she's coming too hot off of Sister Act two. Yes, I mean that's or very in true. Bet- or in, or she in between Sister Acts? I can't, I, don't, I can't recall. Uh, in between, in between, in between, I would say. What's the movie that where she's like the basketball coach? Uh, uh, Tracy or no, um, <laughs> no, it's not, uh, in the movie. She goes, Hey, Tracy. <laughs> and I, I, I always remember that she goes, Hey, Tracy. It's, it's like a name or something. Um, fuck, it's not Tracy. Did you look, did you just look it up? I'm in the process of, uh, taking a scan here. It's Eddie. Eddie is there. The you go. See, not to be confused with Jumpin' Jack Flash. No, no, don't confuse those. In the or, movie, or Eddie, burglar, or burglar. But in the movie, Eddie, she goes, "Hey, Tracy." It's a hell of a thing. You had to be there. What about Made in America, starring Ted Danson and it's her? Pretty, pretty slick power couple. Pretty slick. I gotta tell you. <laughs> then Ted Danson showed up in blackface. Whoo boy. That happens. Well, let's see here. What was she doing in 1995? Well, you know what she was doing the year before? Star Trek Generations. Oh, Oh, there you go. Boys on the Side. Boys on the Side. Great film. Great film. Just as almost as good as Karina Karina. Good stuff. Almost. 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 Uh, And then... um, Late last night, I was like, I, I want to watch something familiar, but I also know really, really is good. And it was on the Criterion channel, so I, I revisited a good friend in Taking of Pelham 123. Ooh. Which... You're talking about the John Travolta one, right? I am not. I'm mm. talking about the Joseph Sargent film starring Criterion Creeps alum, Walter Matthau. Uh, I mean, that's good. Walter Matthau's good, but the John Travolta one. Better check it out. Uh, yeah, this movie though, oh, it's so delightful. Uh, it's it captures the causticness of what I imagine New York is mm-hmm. in, of the of the nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a really cool score that is used minimally, but is super memorable. It's got one of the all time best final shots of any movie ever. Evar, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it's weirdly violent, oddly paced, also pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And, it's got some uh, jokes, but it is yeah, it's just yeah, perfect seventies rotten apple viewing. How rotten are we talking? You know, I've seen rottener. I've seen street trash. Right, right. That's so. Pretty... There's no dicks getting thrown mm-hmm. around in hell. No, not in this cut. Mm. Is there a Snyder cut of it? Not yet. He's, I, he's working yes. his he's working his way back. He's got to do. He's got to Snyder cut everything else before he gets to that. So he's. I don't know if he's going to make it in his lifetime. Mm. We can hope, though, right? We could hope. Mm-hmm. I hope. But yeah, I I highly recommend anyone with a Criterion Channel who's never seen Taking a Pelham One Two Three should definitely check it out. The, yeah, that's a good show. The, the, the dialogue, the the writing of the characters, 
just everyone's pissed off yelling all the time but one but it's super charming kind of like grumpy old men almost eh mm, they're just grumpy just grumpy they're not old though not acerbic <laughs> oh yeah did you say cervic or did you say cervix acerbic oh i thought you said cervix and uh, i was gonna say jared i don't know if that's appropriate for this podcast <laughs> Not in this context, at least. Not well, that I know I of. I mean, we've been talking about Kravitz peen, so why not? Well, fair it, enough. I mean... That's fair enough. No? Fair enough. Fair enough. We're inclusive here, RJ. Well, it's all about inclusivity. I mean, look at us. Look, look, look at us. Look at us. We're all about it. We're all about that. I... Yeah, so that's what I crept on. Um, mostly good. Mostly good. Mostly good. I, I mostly watch good things this week, RJ. Mostly. Okay. It's better than mostly bad. It's true. I guess. Yeah, not, that's not what John Criterion has in store for us, isn't that right? Hey, RJ, you got uh, any news for us? Did you hear about this Citizen Kane debacle? Someone just told me about this. It's fucking what, wild. What, what, what happened? I don't know. There's this movie called Citizen Kane. It's about like if you play this video game and you die in it, you die in real life. And um, I don't know what it is, man. It sounds fucking nuts. It sounds like a cool movie. And they're selling this. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. But if you buy the game or the movie in the game and you play it, you die. And you die in real life. What if I don't want to die? Don't buy the game movie. Okay. Well, that seems fair. Yeah. It's a, it's That's your, all it it's, it's a choice. Well, they say it's a choice, but I mean, you know what choices are like. You know what they say about choices. Choices. There's no such thing. You know what they say about choices. Yeah, free will is an illusion, apparently. Yeah. Allegedly. Now you got it. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's my news. What that's about what, you? Um, in movies? Uh, I, I did overhear something on another podcast. You know about... Remember Movie Pass? This is a more uh, of a... yeah, they're bringing it back. Yeah, apparently. I mean, it didn't work the first time, right? It, yeah, I think it like burnt people real bad the first like the first time around. But now, like the original guy, he's got like a really obnoxious name too, something like Sean Spike or something. Mm-hmm. He he's gotten control over it again. Wasn't it like? Wasn't it something like a? Uh... He's like, yeah, unlimited movies, but then people would buy it, and then it's like, oh, it's not actually unlimited, and people went, what? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Something like that, right? It sounds like a real host job. I would like to actually hear if anyone out in uh, Creeps Nation ever uh, did buy into the movie pass scam. Mm, probably. Probably. I mean, I think it sounds like a lot of people fell for it because it was like, they didn't well, know it was a it scam. Was, I mean, it well, worked. It was. It was. I mean, it, it worked. Yeah. It just wasn't quite as yeah. advertised, right? Or yeah. something like that. I don't know. There's some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we don't have that here. We don't even have movie theaters up here. So no. <laughs> they all yeah. shut down. Don't even have TVs. We just got those uh, digital watches yeah. that people watch movies yeah. on. There was just too many uh, people sitting on each other's drinks. People blowing off their asses, <laughs> pissing on popcorn. Would you would you go back to a movie if someone sat on your pop and it went right into their aim? Well, it depends on how good the movie was. Avatar. Uh, 
Yeah, I might take that. Make might take a pass. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I went to a movie for a little while after that one. But, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. I don't know. I've heard. Oh, mm. how I've heard. Mm-hmm. Well, Archie, we have a movie to talk about. What? Oh, I'm sorry. We have an opera to talk about. Oh, Jared. After the break, um, we pay a guy for a key to some lady's room. I think I think that's gonna work out great. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's right at the beginning of the movie. Blame it all what? on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tie fair. Last one to know, last one to show. I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes when I took his glass of champagne. I toasted you, said, honey, we may be And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger's The Tales of Hoffman from 1951. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But RJ. Yeah. You, 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 
What? Hi. You want you want to hear about tagline? Uh, does it have one? It does. Is this movie fucking two hundred years old. It's got a tagline. Uh, it does. Okay. They, they had posters back then with taglines, hmm. and this one, <laughs> you will never see anything finer on the screen. Anything finer? Anything. I feel like saying something like that's got to be reserved for like, ain't nothing finer than eating in this diner. You know what I mean? Shouldn't be used for movies. Maybe like sulfate pepperoni sticks. Oh, how much sulfate is in that? Costco size sulfates. Oh, man, that's going to dry you out. But it's a good kind of dried out where you wake up like in pain, but you're like, ah. Tasted good though. And if you've got an active open sore on the inside of your mouth, that salt will burn. Oh, oh, but that's good though. That's that's all medicine is. Yeah. You know you know about medicine? Yeah, I know about taking my medicine. Like, like oh. we do every week. Mm-hmm. The synopsis for the mm-hmm. tales of Hoffman. Uh yes. In this film adaptation of the Offenbach opera, a young poet named Hoffman broods over his failed romances. First, his affair with the beautiful Olympia is shattered when he realizes that she is really a mechanical woman designed by a scientist. Next, he believes that a striking prostitute loves him, only to find out she was hired to fake her affection by the dastardly Dapper Tutu. Dapper Tutu? Lastly, a magic spell claims the life. Of his final lover. Shit. Damn. Damn. So, RJ, first of all, what can you tell us about Jacques Offenbach? Fine. What else? What would you want to know? Um, One of the greats. Uh, people have been trying to copy him for years. And honestly, okay. no one's ever got as close as he did. Like, he was... Uh, <sighs> You, when you talk about the big weights, you talk about Offenbach, you talk about Klothheimer, you talk about Guggenbuch, and uh, these guys, Jared, they're the top of the top. What was that last name? You know, Guggenbuch. Guggenbuch. Okay. Guggenbuch. He's Austrian. He's Austrian. Is, is so. that? It was, was now. Is he a, a cellist or an impresario? Uh, it's a common misconception. He wasn't actually either of those. He played the oboe. Oh, he's an oboist? He was an oboeman, but he actually wrote Grand Symphonies as well. So Grand Symphonies. <laughs> Grand Symphonies. They were symphonies supported about Graham crackers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all these guys, let me just suffice to say, they were pretty good guys. Good dudes? They were pretty good guys. How, how does he stack up with Strauss? With Strauss? Yeah. Strauss isn't even really in the ball game with some of these dudes. Like some of these dudes, Jared, these are serious dudes. These are like, like, do you know Offenbuch and Guggenbach? I know Sullivan. Sullivan? Sullivan's all right. Yeah. Sullivan's all right. He's not like, he's not like a Kleinheiser. Kleinheiser's a different kind of brand altogether, to be very honest. Um, but, well- uh, that yeah. all being said, so there's everyone's yeah, history yeah, lesson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These are these are what we would call the titans of the of the craft. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah. this this tales of Hoffman um, yeah. is based on a opera fantastique by this Jacques yeah. Offenbach. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the French libretto is written by Jules Barbier based on three short stories by E.T.A. Hoffman, who is the protagonist of the story. Yeah. Um, trivia note, Tales of Hoffman uh, it was the final work of Offenbach. He died in October of 1880, four months before the premiere. Yeah, I mean, the tricky thing with that is like, when you die, you're not going to do that again. And it's like lesson learned. And just like, you know, uh, an RIP for the Ufer, um, we have a nice little photo of him actually on uh, Instagram right now in his uh, very nice yeah. Fine fur coat thing, nice little glasses. Looks like a sweet man. Whatever it was, he was rocking it, and yeah. he was and he was feeling good about it. You know, man. sometimes you say he looks like a sweet man, and you're like, oh, better make sure uh, I check to see if there's any controversies on his Wikipedia page that I, I looked at earlier, like you know, weeks ago, not just right now, live. Well, yeah, we wouldn't do that. We're a professional no. podcast. Real, real pros, real buffs yep. of history. Yeah, this is a professional podcast. Buff daddies. Yep. No. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So this is based on the author, one Ernst Theodore Amadeus Hoffman, commonly abbreviated as ETA Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about, like, what are your thoughts on him? Hoffman? Yeah. I mean, Hoffman's one of those dudes I never really understood. Like, uh, I understand the bravitas that he brought to some of these things. I understand the confidence and I understand the determination, the swagger. That, well, I mean, that's not quite the word I would use. I would, I would say something more of, um, kind of a stank. Oh. It's not really a swagger, but it's kind of a stank where it's like, you know, it's there and you can feel it. So you got Hoffman. Like, you got, so you on one side, you got Hoffman stank and yeah. you got that, um, Offenbach drip and, when yeah, you, uh, and you get a, a drippy yeah. stank. Yes, I, I mean, I honestly, I couldn't put it any better myself. You got the Hoffenbach uh, drip, and the Hoff er, and the Hoffman stank. The Offenbach drip, and the Hoffman stank. What we're trying to say, what you're trying that, to say, what I'm trying to say is, I'm a pretty big opera guy, and um, this is one of those movies that uh, when it came along, I was kind of like, this is me, this is me on paper, this is it, this is your story. Yeah, this is. <laughs> This is me. Like, it's not even a story, Jerry. This is just who I am. So uh, I appreciated it. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a stank, I would say, is what uh, he was putting out. Because it's kind of like, um, you know what's there. Is it bad? You're not sure. Uh, what's your What's your favorite uh, novella? Uh, the Nutcracker? Or? Um, or? <laughs> you only gave me one option uh... there. How about Little Zacks from 1818? Well, I prefer uh, Little Buff Boys, to be honest, but uh, Little Zacks is... How about The Life and Opinions of the Tomcat Murr? Mm, I prefer, other than the Tomcat Murr, I prefer the Meerkat oh. Tom. What about... That's a, a far better one. Master Flea, a fairy tale and seven adventures of two friends. Yeah, that's about um, Flea from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know the guitarist? Uh, this, that's what that's this, about. This Flea is a real cutie. The guitarist? Flea? Yeah, no, he's a no, pretty good uh, The Flea of uh, Miss, Mr. Flu. Flu. Oh, like a, like a literal flea is what you're talking about. Yeah. And Dylan Flea. 
I still haven't talked about that video he sent us. We got to talk about that next week. We got to talk about that next week. Um, but uh, okay, so you sent me an image here. Oh, look at this little guy. Look at him. Look at his big old blanket. Look at him. His big old blanket and his little like torch or something. Well, I mean, if yeah. that if that wasn't one of the finest uh, encapsulations of ETA Hoffman. I mean, people understand when they come here. We are only going to give them the information that is the best. So, like, literally the best. I don't know if you've looked so. this guy up, but yes, the our lead actor mm-hmm. who plays Hoffman, he, uh, I guess, kind of resembles this dark-haired man. Um, Potentially. Potentially. I mean, I a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I, I wouldn't say a lot, but I'd say a little bit. A little bit. He's a little bit there. So that's what they're going for. So I don't, I don't know if this guy would have signed off on this depiction of himself as this, mm. like, I don't know, kind of just, just can't, just can't do it, get anything past these ladies. Can't, can't enjoy himself because they're, they're either dying, turning out to be automatons, mm-hmm. getting stolen yep. away. And he's just, mm. and he's telling all these sad stories down, down in the basement bar. Down in the bar? No. Yeah, you don't want that either. Like, I don't know. A lot of people lost their lives down in those bars. Okay. You know what I mean? So, uh, this movie's British. Uh, yeah. It is very much technicolory. It's a very mm. colorful film. It is from the the directing team of Michael Powell and Emmerich Presper, who we've talked about before. A few mm-hmm. times now. Uh, this is we, we talked about Red Shoes, Black yep. Narcissus. Uh, there's that. I know where I'm going. I believe uh, that's yeah. that's blood on that's blood on their hands. Yeah, that's. Um, oh, and of course, the, the movie that uh, people hate us for the most, I think, is the Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. I, I still don't understand. We were like, yeah, this is a good movie, and people were like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit." And it's just like, well, we said it was good, and it, and people are like, not good enough. And Michael Powell, also uh, director of Peeping Tom. So mm. that was so long ago that we watched these things. It seems. Yeah. A lifetime yeah. ago. Yeah. Well. Uh, I will say that I don't really. I'm not familiar with uh, most of the actors in this movie. How about you, RJ? How, are, are, are you a, are, are you a Robert Ronesville fan? Moira Shearer, mm. Robert Helpman. Uh Moira, I'm down with, but uh, the Helpman, mm. not not down with the Helpman. He's uh, yeah. never been one of my favorites. Not really. So, um, when did you realize this was entirely going to be an opera? Um. I I'm not gonna lie to you, Jared. It's about thirty minutes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I watched it for like thirty, and I was like, "It's gonna." I was like, "It's gonna give." Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, "Something's got to give here for a little bit." I was like, "They're not gonna do it the whole time." They're not gonna do it the whole time. And then uh, after a while, I went, they're gonna do it the whole time. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe not thirty, but it was definitely, potentially. 15 minutes. Okay. Well, for sure. I um I hadn't thought about it too much, but then you yeah. messaged me like days ago. Yes. With uh 
gifs of one Pavarotti and to which uh, I was like, and I'm like, what is this about? And then I thought <laughs> about it and I went, oh, oh no. And then you sent me another Pavarotti. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I was like, is that what is in store for me? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the runtime, and you go, "Oh no, oh sweet baby Jesus, no!" 136 <laughs> minute opera. Mm-hmm. That, that this can't, this isn't going to go well. This is, oh no, this is going to be the magic flute all over again. I I thought you might say that, and I mean, so when I was, as always, Andrea was like, "What are you watching this week?" And uh, so I did actually. I I just I pulled up the page. I was like, I don't know. I was like, let me fucking check because I usually don't look. But uh, I was like, it is a two and two hours, 15 minute opera. And she went, no. And I went, yeah, that's the right call. I mean, that's the right call. She Homer Simpson into the hedge. Just. Just, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So Hmm. fair. It was a a tough one. Fair. Uh, So the movie opens up with a prologue. Yeah. Uh, we have our man, Hoffman. Mm-hmm. He, he's looking all sweaty, bouffanted up in the crowd, observing and watching this woman dancing. She dances on the stage, the ballerina. She performs, uh, what is it, the Ballet of the Enchanted Dragonfly. Oh, who um, could forget? She's making kind of like eyes at this guy in the crowd, yeah. going like, hi. You looking at me? You like what you see, hunk? Mm-hmm. Well, Ooh. behind this, behind the curtain, though, there's a a schemester, one Councillor Lindorf, and uh, mm-hmm. he makes his way there. He's like, <laughs> I'm a bad guy. He uh, he's doing some hand rubbing. Yeah, a little to <laughs> emphasize that he yes. is a he, bad, person. and he's got a purse with some coin in it. Uh, there's this Ooh. there's this large chap. Who's kind of waiting at the out, out, just outside of uh, the stage side, just just uh, a stage the stagehand area, yeah. And he's like watching this all kind of, it's also sweaty, and grinning and smiling, and she's performing and performing, and then she kind of goes over there and hands this man a note with a key. Uh yeah, that's definitely what happens. Yes, and he's like, "Oh yes, yes." And you're like, "What is she giving this? She wants this guy to meet her." That's the, that's what I was reading it initially. Mm-hmm. But then Mister Schemester, Mister Lindorf, he's like, "I will. I want to give you money for it." And it's all silent. I should point out, mm-hmm. uh, there's no dialogue at all. It's it's just this is all driven by the music. There is no singing. Uh, it's really good visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole buildup of like how many coins is it going to take for this guy to get that little note uh, off of him, mm-hmm. and uh, he eventually every man has his price as Ted DiBiase taught us in the eighties. Oh, Ted DiBiase said that. Yeah, every every, every week. Was he slinging down any pepperoni while he was saying that? Uh, just just the meat sauce he gave to Virgil. Okay. I understand. I understand. So, uh, he's got the scam going where it's like, it's the note saying, Hey, I'm really into you, Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should, we should hang out. Mm-hmm. But Hoffman's a little like, Oh, well, this broad, she's, uh, 
She's going to stand me up like all the other women. And let me tell you all about it. And there's a musical number as you go to the bar. Uh, we get some dancing beer steins. Ooh. And uh, how festive were they? Did you feel like pretty? Were you were you like like hey, I feel good. I mean, okay. So whatever uh, you might think from my tone talking about this film, this movie sure. looks amazing. Yes, it, it does. It, it looks. Yes, it does gorgeous as you would expect i guess from uh the archers of uh powell and pressburger because mm-hmm. uh, it's like this is these are the guys who did the red shoes but yes, uh, but they kind of couch the extravagance of the red shoes into a production and they also make like a a story with characters and arcs mm-hmm. and stuff like that that you can kind of get brought into and then they do the phantasmagorical performance this is just phantasmal performance yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of flash, Jared. A lot, a lot, lot of, of nice a lot things. of flash, and it definitely probably would help to to read a little bit about what you're in store for before things get going. Uh, I, that wasn't the case for me, but hopefully <laughs> that was for you, and it, hopefully well, that that I I, I, for I you. did decide because I was like, you know what, this could be a, a real King Lear ran type of deal, mm-hmm. where I should. Uh, just you know, brush up on the arcs, on, sure. on the axe. Uh, make sure. sure I kind of know where things are going, pacing wise, just in case something gets lost in the translation. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, this guy is getting drunk, telling everybody about his problems. He tells a story about a clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. Just any clown, or there's some uh, there's some mice in this. Mice. Yeah, man. You know, man mice. Man mice. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, then it transitions to this guy getting drunk, and we get to see the three stories, all starring him um, and his failings with the ladies. The f- the first yeah. one is the yellow story, uh, where like there's a, a whole heck of a lot of yellow throughout the whole mm. uh, stage setting. Uh, this is Olympia, and she is a a robot woman. Yeah. Created by a scientist, Spallanzani. Spallanzani, uh, like that kind. Yeah, or? yeah, and okay. I, I guess the the idea here is, is that Spallanzani and uh, this other guy, who's a who makes magic glasses, mm-hmm. Capellius. Oh, Capellius. Yeah, yeah they're, I, I guess they're trying to be like, hey, maybe we can uh, convince this guy that she's real because we're so damn good. And see if he can really fall in love with her. That's that's kind of the 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 idea behind it all. And so it's just like it's all kind of like a it's a comedy, mm-hmm. but it's sort of it's such a depressing story. This whole thing is with this sad fucking guy, and then you get to the end, and he's still fucking sad. He's this like old wretch because nothing works out. And you're like, oh damn, they uh, they told stories differently uh, back in the 1880s. Mm-hmm. You thought it was all smiles and sunshine, didn't you, folks? But that's what you're—that's what you're expecting from a big, colorful opera-y thing. But no, opera—opera's opera, got some tragedy to it, and some sadness. But it's like so matter of fact because it's just like it's just about a guy who uh, has bad luck with women. That's it. I—I I mean, I get it. And the one thing I'll say is, you know, a lot of these people, as you put, going in, you say opera—it's all smiles and sunshine, but. When I saw the two, two and a quarter 
timestamp for an opera movie. I'm going to let you know right now, Jared. I was not Smiles and Sunshine. Mm-hmm. So there is a little flip there. But yeah, these guys were, uh, they like to be sad boys. You know about mm-hmm. sad boys? I've heard about them. Yeah, they like to be sad boys from time to time. So. Well, I don't think this guy doesn't look like a, he wants to be a sad boy. Um, he didn't want to be, but you know, no incels want to be incels, right? Right. Well, this, yeah, and that's the, I guess the tragedy here is like, oh, if this guy didn't just go down and be all sad bastardy down in the basement, things might have worked out for him. Mm-hmm. But he had to go just get wasted. <laughs> and then the, yeah. and then the old Lindor swoops in and he's just like, come right this way with me. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that how it always happens? Um, I don't know. Well, I mean, like in real life, Count Lindorf's waiting, waiting for you to get real drunk, and then he's like, "Hey, girl, let's go back to my place, Netflix." I mean, chill. Yes, yes, that is what happens in a lot of real life situations. Mm-hmm. So, I guess one's appreciation for all this might be increased if you're like really into dance, because I, I feel like, yeah. um. The performances on that level are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, the uh, the one thing, the best thing for me watching this compared to other musicals that people do like, like a Chicago, is Chicago. that this this knows how to frame its musical performances, which is, you know, you want that long enough shot where you can see the full performer's body. Mm-hmm. You don't do close ups. You actually show like their full. You know, every all the performers' bodies are on full display, and you just get to see it all. I guess in terms of like what they're doing, because like the whole idea is like, well, it's movement and you know making shapes <laughs> from of their mm-hmm. body, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like this is the only way to appreciate it properly. And it's like one of those subtle things that when you watch like a Singing in the Rain or watch a Tales of Hoffman, uh, properly framed dancing. It works. You can you can watch it if one's into that kind of thing. Particularly, yes. particularly, and that was another thing that was really nice with Swing Time mm-hmm. from ages ago. Is that uh, they know how to shoot dancing? Yeah, it was a uh, vibrant, dynamic, Di- dynamic, dynamos. You know about dynamics, mm-hmm. Jarrett? It's different from static. No. It's oh, the opposite. yeah. One thing I forgot about too. So Hoffman's got a friend. Uh, the what's their name? Shit. You, Hoffman's you, Fred. Hoffman's best buddy in these it's flashbacks. Steve, I think. Is it Steve? <laughs> it might be Steve. You don't know. Could be as simple as that. I think it's Steve. Oh my god! I actually, you know, you know, I don't pay attention to names very much. So. But you know, but you know, there's the character, right? Yeah, I know the character that you mean. Yeah. Huh. Well, I seem to not be able to get in the name of the character because it's. I think it's it's a woman playing the role too, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Okay, I think that's what it is. It's Nicholas play, uh, and it's Pamela Brown is playing Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas. Nicholas. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. 
what is he at? The role of Nicklaus is a bridge, though Nicklaus, as played by Pamela Brown, still appears. Um, there, there well, he we was go. there for sure. Yes. Okay. So anyway, they're around and kind of seems to be uh, like the audience kind of character, which is aware of like Hoffman getting tricked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, I mean, uh, something like that. So the, 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 the Olympia robot woman, uh, she eventually gets, she starts freaking out and gets disassembled. And then you see her decapitated head. It's, it's mm. some uh, good basic uh, theatrical dismemberment that looks pretty decent. And there's springs coming out of the head. Looks not too bad. Uh, with the springs? Yeah. And there's and actually the... there's a couple effects in here that actually look pretty good. Yeah. Like, um, well, I mean, the movie itself, as you pointed out, right, the movie looks good. But there's a couple effects that... Uh, that um, when I was watching, I was like, ooh, I was like, that's not bad. It's pretty good. Pretty good production. Yeah. Pretty good set. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Mm. Uh, then the second story is about the courtesan, um, mm. Julieta, uh, which also kind of has a similar. <laughs> the, the next two to me are very similar of a. Uh, Julieta and Antonia and these scheming men one so in the this first, the second one it's the magician Depper Tutu and then in the next one it's Dr Miracle Dr Miracle Dr Miracle hmm. Is that wasn't that your uh wasn't that your nickname in high school Dr or Miracle was that, or was that your porn name <laughs> That's a weird porn name RJ Dr Miracle Yeah pretty strange well i mean maybe I, I feel like you don't watch enough pornos to actually know what the names of people in pornos are closest thing to a porno i've ever seen was a david lynch movie so, <laughs> and that was pretty pornographic was that dune uh yeah it was 100 percent dune that and the straight story the straight story was the closest thing i've ever seen to a porno okay so scary stuff i'm not gonna lie to you Scary stuff. Scary stuff. Uh, so yeah, she's trying to steal his reflection. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, that's there's how a, these things usually go. There's a whole mirror thing going on. Yeah, that's how this stuff usually goes. <laughs> usually, trying to. I've seen. I've I've seen that thing a million times. These, these ladies are always trying to steal your reflection. Yeah, that's how this thing always always goes. No. Yeah. Yeah, and that and the third story, and by this point my uh my attention had seriously begun to wane. And I'd look up and be like, Man, that's a gorgeous looking set. Oh, the colors are totally different in this one. Um and this one's about a woman who must not sing, otherwise she'll die. But all oh, that Doctor Miracle he gets her to sing. <laughs> Never, it's and, all... and then everyone's sad. It's like the power of uh, the power of song, Jared. Like you ever seen one of those high school musicals? Never in my life, RJ. I, I I doubt that, but um, I'm I've never, never. seen them. I, I just feel like you have. No, uh, I feel like that's what those movies are about. You ever seen Chicago, Jared? I have under your uh, high recommendation. <laughs> Is that movie not the power of music? The power of song? No, it makes me hate hearing. He had it coming, Jared. <laughs> it sucks. 
He had it coming. He only had himself to blame. Oh, it's so bad. If you'd have seen it, mm-hmm. if you'd have been there, you would have done it all the same. I've seen Chicago a few times, Jared. Mm-hmm. In my in my youth. In my youth. Yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, power of song. Yeah, the power of song until you beautiful until thing. you get tricked into singing when you're not supposed to, and then you die. Yeah. And then Hoffman, and then Hoffman, because I think it's in the second story. He's got that soul patch that he's like yeah. stroking. Mm-hmm. And then is that where you get the? Uh, this is right near the end, right? Uh, yes. And then you get the epilogue. And then you get back, like back, back scene. in back in Nuremberg. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. I like that scene where the guys are changing, and she's and she's there, like you know that when it gets into that very lucid type of stuff near right near the end. Mm. And uh, you see the different versions of people like Hoff, like Soul Patch Hoffman, and you know yeah. other people. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, and then the movie wraps up like with I've already said before, uh, drunk son of a bitch surrounded by steins and uh, just face planted on the table. She's like, oh my goodness, and then uh, that that Lindor shows up and he's like, it's, let's abscond. Well, abscond and uh, get out of here quickly. Should have known. Should have known better. Well, you know, in in the moment, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Temptation um, is a hell of a thing. Hell of a thing. There's yeah. the one piece of music that I recognized uh, specifically in this too. I can't remember. The name. It's like Bell to something like that, and I believe it is in the second story uh and i was like i have no idea i don't know my operas and i don't know if it's from this particular one bell knew it oh knew it d'amour is that something like lady night oh night love I think, it, I think it stands for that that is which the, cannot be given the, the die bart die <laughs> well it just means the bart the yeah. oh well no one who speaks German could mean any harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Same you. kind. Same kind of thing. Same, same difference. Mm. So anyway, RJ, how many times are you going to be returning to the Tales of Hoffman in your life? I'm watching it right now. Oh. I got. Uh, you can't see this, but I got a little. I got a little uh, 12 inch LCD mounted on my wall here, and uh, I've been watching it this whole time we've been recording. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Watching it right now. This is a screenshot movie. It's yeah, it's got some. I mean, which is not fair because a lot of it is, I guess, the dance. The dancing all seems yeah. good. It's an elaborate production, but if you don't connect with this material, boy howdy, you're gonna feel like you're just sitting there watching a thing mm-hmm. happen in front of you, and it's like, I, I guess I'm. I I don't know. I wasn't moved or caught up in any of it. Um, it was all just purely visual. To me, mm-hmm. I'm being like, well, that's a really cool costume. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's less impressive. Um, there's some good, you know, uh, blocking. <laughs> if you want to start blocking. talking about, yeah, some stage blocking, RJ. Uh, no, where people are get out of here. It's pretty good. Some of it's pretty good. It, it better be. I mean, that's all it's got going for it. It is an opera. Uh, it is definitely better than the Magic Flute. I, I'm going to say that. Uh, Magic Flute. Agreed. Uh, just makes me mad, despite the fact that it has the coolest costumes ever those animal mm. costumes are amazing 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is that movie is super trash. Bergman should be embarrassed. Uh, this is just like I don't know, not for me. I am not the target yeah. audience. I don't know anything about Hoffman, ETA mm-hmm. Hoffman, uh, <laughs> expected time of arrival Hoffman. Um, I don't know about no Offenbach. I don't. Mm-hmm. I have never watched an opera in my life. I don't know if this is going to be driving me to the opera. I'd rather watch, you know, Fitzcarraldo again if I want to. Mm-hmm. If that's my opera, I guess. It's a pretty good opera, though. Yeah, Caruso, you know. Caruso. So I, I'm a Philistine, perhaps, but I, I don't know. I can't. I can't say I hate this because yeah. I. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of there. You're kind of like, mm-hmm. well. It's in the collection. It looks nice. Um, go Powell Pressburger fans. Sure. But it's... I wonder if even the, those boys, like the Powell and Press heads, I wonder if they would be into well, this too. You, you know? do. You know who? Uh, this is one of the, like the movie that inspired them to make movies. Take, Let me guess. Take no. Take a yeah, take a guess. You'll never guess. So the this is the thing that ins- Edgar Wright. No. No one like that. George Romero. He thought uh, this one? Yep. This is uh, on his 2002 Sight and Sound like cheat sheet, I guess, of movies that he oh. put on there. It's like his number 10, I think. Yeah, but you got to remember he, called he was an old-ass guy. Favorite, yeah, well, he was an old-ass guy. Favorite film of all time. The movie that made me want to make movies. And, you know, when I, I knew that going in. Because this movie, I actually made a list of George Romero's 10 picks. I'm down to like, I think three movies now that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. One of them is like a adaptation of uh brothers, uh, Kara, Karazmasov. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's one with like Yul Brenner or something like that in it. I've not seen that one yet. I thought that was his number one, but, mm-hmm. uh, this is, that was on there. And so I was like, Oh, well, well, one day I guess I'll get around to seeing it. And here I am. But, uh, yeah, George A. Romero, a big fan of this and he actually introduced the film at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh he also taped an interview for the Criterion collection that was not available to us anymore because this is another one of those uh Studio Canal movies I believe it's not print. Uh Martin Scorsese of course being a big Powell and Pressburger boy, he uh, did a commentary track for it as well in the Criterion edition. And I do believe, so the version we also watched of this is about 10 minutes longer than the original cut. Uh, that, that that was like a big deal of restoration when it got uh, circulated again, like six, seven years ago. Or not, 2015, there was a 4K restoration by Scorsese's mm-hmm. uh, Film Foundation. Mm, okay. And look at that, Studio Canal. That is why it's not in the collection anymore. Mm-hmm. But we still have to watch it, RJ. We still have to watch we do it. we do you know it's done uh um, well, i don't mean i don't know if we do or we did already i guess uh Shit. cecil b demille wrote a letter huh? to powell pressburger saying quote for the first time in my life i was treated to grand opera where the beauty power and scope of the music was equally matched by the visual presentation who said that? Cecil B. DeMille. Fuck, he's one of the one of all-time bangers. Big dogs. One of the big dogs in the collection. Yeah. Did he did, do Cirque de Rouge? Cecil B. DeMille? Uh, 
Is that him? <laughs> he might have done a version you know, of that. You know, Le Cirque de Rouge? With, with Ewan McGregor? No, Le Cirque Rouge. <laughs> yeah. Le Cirque Rouge. Was that Cecil B. DeMille? No. What the fuck did he direct again? I can't I remember. remember. <laughs> I assume you're talking about Moulin Rouge. No, Le Cirque Rouge. No. Jean-Pierre Melville. Ah. Uh, what did Cecil B. do then again? Uh, Jesus movies. Movies about... Ah, uh, King of Kings. About Charlton. Charlton King Heston. Yeah. Um, Andre Bazin. You know you love him. He also yeah. said of this film, The cinema thus creates here a new artistic monster. The best legs adorned by the best voice. Not only is opera liberated from its material constraints, but also from its human limitations. Lastly, dance itself is renewed by the photography and the editing, which allows a kind of choreography of the second degree, not the first, where the rhythm of the dance is served by that of the cinema. I, I mean, I, I've, I've been saying that for years. Dude. Yeah, so I mean, I do... F yeah, I mean, there probably is um, something to be said about like just like the what film could bring to elevate these sort of productions in terms of like, Hey, your actors can take breaks. They don't, they don't have to do this every single night and break their bodies and voices. And you just they do, don't you, have to do they that. They don't. Cause it's all on film and you can ship that around. I mean, you get paid some of those, the, the those film bucks. So like, I don't know. I, I, I do. I, yeah. I kind of wonder like there was like that weird, probably tension between, uh, theater opera and then film and i mean there's like those you know opera at the met things that theaters do where it's like live feeds from you know a, a performance somewhere in new york that particular night and then that one gets canned and that's the one that gets streamed all the time mm -hmm. they do that kind of thing and yeah i mean if you're if you have a lot more control when it's a movie movie rather than just like a live stream of a theatrical production where there is going to be limitations. So I can see some people who are, again, into opera being very excited about that kind of thing. But I am just sort of like, no, oh, that's fine. I I like taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. <laughs> with, I mean, with, with Jerry Stiller. Good. It's got Jerry Stiller. I mean, Robert, right, Robert and Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw? Oh, look at that guy, eh? Oh, it's about... Uh, Negative experiences on the ocean. What about negative encounters? There's those two. Well, I mean, honestly, you know about negative encounters, right, Jarrett? Mm -hmm. You ever seen those sharks and those bears? Some of them are negative. Not all of them, though. Not all of them. No. So, RJ, what did you think of the Tales <laughs> of Hoffman? Uh, I thought this was about... Dustin Hoffman. Oh, it wasn't. It was not. And I feel like I was misled for some reason. And I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, so I think a lot of the stuff you said makes some sense. Um, here's what I like about this movie. It looks great. Filming is great. The sets are great. Costumes are great. Production is great. Um... I like the way that they lay out a lot of this stuff. Like we've mentioned a lot of times we don't really like, well, I mean, I not speaking for both of us, but I'm not a huge fan of uh, theater productions put onto film because sometimes it's like, mm. like, like Henry V. 
like Henry V. Sometimes it doesn't translate. Uh, translate. And then there's things like the opposite end of that spectrum with things like Magic Flute, where it's like self-aware theater stuff, kind of. Um, and I'm not a big fan of that either. Uh, but this one does have a good mix of um, kind of leveling that off a little bit, where it's like theater and it's got the elements of theater. Where And what I mean by that is like, you know when there's things that are like sometimes like in front of everyone, but it's like guys like, and this is what I really meant. And it's like talking to audience type shit. Like I'm not a huge fan of that either. Cause I think that's dorky, but uh, I do think that they did it better in this. Um, and the way they present a lot of this stuff is nice. Uh, especially with like the props. Like I think the one scene that I really liked was like the boat scenes. I, I really like that one. Like the way that they showed it with like the huge black bat, uh, black matted back where it's just like a boat and it's just like blacked out background. I thought that looked really nice. Um, so that was cool. The sets were cool. The, uh, the costumes were really fun too. Like I did like how ridiculously huge that guy's eyebrows were. Like they were out, like they were honestly like two feet off of his head, I think. Oh which yeah. Was like, Those were sweet eyebrows. Yeah. So exaggerated, but like, I, I, I like that. I kind of like how exaggerated his eyebrows were. I was like, this is goofy, but in the good, in a good way. So I like that guy's eyebrows. Um, I also, I really kind of dug the magic realism of the, of the play and the opera, uh, where, and like, I know it's not full magic realism, but there were elements of that. And some of it's just like, I don't know. It'd be like, I'm doing this. And you're like, what are you doing? And then be like, ah, and it'd just be someone dancing for a while. But then like everyone acknowledged it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the story progressed somehow because of it. And you're like, okay. Um, but there's a, just the theatery bits of, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's technically magical realism, but it felt like magic to me. And I was okay with that. Uh, so I like that part, part of it. Um, what else kind of like what you said it's got it's got great production it's got uh everything looks really nice and i do like i like what they did with some of the filming later on like what i was saying like right near the end when uh, all that stuff is done and you get girlfriend dancing and the guy that she's dancing with is kind of like changing as she's doing it and then you have like the kaleidoscope effect where there's like four dancers up there and they're all moving like in unison a little bit like that looks really cool um i liked all those scenes uh but i am also very much with you where it's like i'm i'm not a fan of opera and i'm not a fan of ballet and i'm really not a fan of theater uh so a lot of that is lost on me. So like when there's full scale scenes of people dancing, even though like like red shoes, I liked a lot, but I felt like there was a it wasn't too it wasn't that wasn't the whole thing. That wasn't all all that it was. I think that's like one of the big differences there. So um the ballet, I was ballet's fine. I'm not a huge fan. Opera, even like even less of a fan. I don't really like opera that much. It's just get to the point. Get to the point. Stop singing all the time. That's what I think. Uh, and then uh, theater. Oh, man. Don't even get me started on theater. Like in high school productions of people 
looking at the audience saying, this is where you laugh. Wink. And then you go, hmm, no, I'm not. I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> no, no, I don't believe I will. <laughs> I don't believe I will. But you know what I mean? That's like theater stuff where it's like, I don't know. They're like, look at what we're what we're doing. And you're like, I see it. I see it. I think one of the biggest issues for me is I know a lot of like people who were like theater opera type kids in like high school and then they grew up and then they were the same people and then I go, hmm, hmm, grow out of that is what I say. Um, anyways, uh, a lot of that is lost on me quite a bit. So even though it's got all this really nice stuff in there. The fact that it's this like long-winded opera with ballet and the theatrical stuff, like I don't know, it's not really for me. I uh, I will never think of this again. This took me three nights to watch, Jared. I was going to say that uh, the the first night you sent me gifs of Pavarotti, uh, that was like three Sunday. that was three days ago and i saw that you just logged the movie as being completed today and i'm like huh that's uh three days this was a three-dayer this was a three-day movie for me i watched about an hour and i went Whew. and then the next night i watched about a half an hour and i went more of the same and then the next night i watched the rest of whatever the 40 minutes was and i was just like Ooh. yeah this took me three days and then the biggest thing for me well not the biggest but one thing i noticed was um i was taking my screenshots and uh just seeing i didn't have the i didn't have the audio on and uh as it was just playing out and i just had like the subtitles and the the nice pictures i was like this is actually a better movie without audio <laughs> the and I mean, what what a what a mark what, like what a seal for a movie. It's like, hey, if you want to really enjoy this, turn all the audio off, and then it's like, hmm, is that how movies should be? I don't know. And that that's probably just me. But uh, when I just saw the screenshots, or um, when I saw what was going on on the movie, well, I just want to say that's a big slap in the face to Sir Thomas Beecham, who conducted this performance. I've I've never given a shit about that fucking guy. Beecham's nothing. Nothing. He he ain't got nothing on his contemporaries. Beecham, you know about like uh, Weedham or uh, Duchess. Those guys are way better, way mm. better. Lord, but Lord, and uh, Pleb. Those are all way better composers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just watching the movie in silence was a little bit more enjoyable for me for some strange reason. But anyways, I don't know. Is, is it bad? No. It's not a bad movie. Is it got cool stuff? Yeah. Is it interesting? I don't know. Not to me. Not really. So yeah. never going to watch it again. Never going to think about it again. And uh, that's pretty much the moniker and uh, of our entire podcast. Nope. But it's done. That's that's so true. Got... Even though, see, that's the thing is it says nothing because that's true of like the good movies too. Yeah, that's true of the good movies too. So, I mean... I guess the point is that all of the criterion is fake. The, the point is there is no point. There is no point. And movies are meaningless, potentially. 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 So I got that going for me. So that's good. And here we are, the host of a movie podcast. Well, yeah. lightly. Tune in, folks. Uh, you want to hear from people who hate this movie? 
I mean, I guess. I I I imagine it's just people who don't like opera, and it's like, okay, then don't watch opera. But we'll see. One star from Pessoa Cease. Mm-hmm. If Frazier asks, I love this. But otherwise, nice to have on in the background whilst conducting some research. That said, typically dazzling visuals from P&P. I'm, uh... P&P. P&P. I don't know why they're talking about research. It seems pretentious. Well, they said uh, will, willst. <laughs> willst. I don't have any favorite films, but some five-star films include things like Empire Strikes Back, Terminator, Jurassic Park, Scarface. Jared, I know you're a big Scarface what is guy. This, what is this person being any, anywhere near Tales of Hoffman? I don't know. Five stars to the Naked Gun. Like I, I mean, I don't know. They got they got a couple Criterion movies in here, but um, it's mostly Star Wars and stuff. So, I don't know. I've got a lengthy one here for you, RJ. Oh, okay. Ian Harris. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ian. One and a half stars. This is a lengthy boy. Someone really should have reined Powell and Pressburger in on this one. It's opulent beyond imagine, with some of the most spectacular, dazzling sets, costumes, and cinematic techniques you're likely to find anywhere. The whole thing is a visual feast that few films can even begin to match. That does nothing for the story, though, which is cold, confusing, emotionless, and becomes more and more tiresome as it drags on incessantly. The duo's attempt to blend opera and ballet into something distinctly cinematic fails miserably. I'll admit I'm not familiar with the opera it's based on, but that shouldn't be a prerequisite for enjoyment of an adaptation. It's a complete (laughs) failure on the filmmaker's part to make it suit the medium. The songs may be well sung, but they aren't melodious at all and create a barrier for any kind of emotional engagement with the characters. They're all distinctly lacking in personality. I can't tell you a single thing about any of them outside of how well they dance. On top of that, the singing just makes it all the more confusing, often requiring subtitles just to understand what words are coming out of their mouths or someone else's mouth because this movie is yeah, dubbed. It's, it's a peculiar mm-hmm. experience. Uh, it's very hard to care about something you can't even follow. It started out as amusingly bonkers, but by end, I was just waiting for the credits to roll. I don't like to be this harsh, especially to filmmakers who've impressed me so much before, but this one was painful. It's one of the most pretentious, self-indulgent pieces of art I've ever seen. It feels like little more than a vain attempt to one-up the red shoes. Unfortunately, in this case, lightning doesn't strike twice. Fuck, he smoked him. Smoked him. Check and mate. Uh, Ewan is a 24 perpetually falling in love with stars of the golden age. And, uh, they love a good list. Uh huh. They love a good list, Jared. That's all it says. <laughs> yeah. Love th- a good list. Thir- thirsting over golden age ladies. Apparently. And lists, I guess. Or boys. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, favorite films include. Roman Holiday, Barry Lyndon, Boyhood, and the Fabulous Baker Boys. Jesus. You familiar with those, uh, with that Fabulous Baker Boys? I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was trying to look at other stuff here. There's 
Not a lot too interesting. Not a lot too interesting, Jared. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't even disagree. I don't really disagree with a lot of their sentiment, I suppose. Uh, though no, I think, like, no. the, 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 I would not say the problem with the film is its opulence. That's, like, what makes it even worthwhile at all. That is one of the only... That's yeah. the best part of it, to be honest. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, unfortunately, there's the... I don't know sure if it's just a total disconnect from opera in general, or or maybe it was the presentation of the story, or it's just like, I'm never going to like this in, in, yeah. in a million years. You're uh, not... Yeah. Finally, Benjamin Valentine, two stars. I don't mm. mind musicals, but I just wish they didn't feel the need to sing all the dialogue. <laughs> couldn't, uh. de- couldn't decipher most of what they were singing, so the actual story was difficult to follow care about with the expositional title cards being the only guide. You end up being forced to admire the style of the production design, which was very good, to be fair, and dancing for two hours whilst assuming some sort of substance is there. Whilst, whilst, whilst assuming, I whilst assume that Benjamin has a film a day keeps the troubles at bay. No, no, he doesn't mean Michael Jarrett. You get it? See what they mean? Nope. Uh, favorite films include Requiem for a Dream, Persona, Scott Pilgrim. And 2001 of Space Odyssey, Jarrett. Who's this character that's appeared? I don't know, but it feels right. So anyways, let's see what else they got on here. They got the five stars to Knives Out. Five stars to other movies. <laughs> oh. Like Tenant. You haven't watched Tenant yet, have you? Uh, it's in the pile. But it's also pile. two and a half hours long. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know. This is a bunch of general ass shit. Five stars like Shaun of the Dead, Citizen Kane, Blade Runner. You know, the huge. The huge. The huge. Well, enough of these pee holes. RJ, P-holes. you got any final thoughts here on Tales of Hoffman? The last time you'll ever think about this movie? Yeah. Not until, bad. Until, until until we watch like another really attractive looking movie, yeah. That's kind of leaves you cold, and uh, I don't know. It's a and it's operay. I'm sure I, there there will be one, and it'll get it, it's going to get us. It's going to get us. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's just I don't know. It's not super interesting for me. I don't care about opera, so that's it's my own bag. Fair. It looks nice. Looks nice. Yep. That's all I got. Well. Yeah. After the break. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out we're both automatons. Allegedly. Now we're going to get fucked by weirdos. What?
RJ, if you were one of the villains from the Tales of Hoffman, which one would you be? One of the villains? Yeah. The eyebrow guy. Eyebrow guy. Okay. Because his eyebrows not, are so huge. Not, not, not the guy building real dolls. No, I, I, I sympathize with eyebrow man, I think. And his plate? Yeah, I mean, he's just got huge eyebrows, and he can't control that. You That's, ever, like, not his fault. Um, you ever watch an Armando Iannucci show? Yeah, I love Armando Iannucci. One of my faves. He actually is really good. I don't know. Have I seen one of it that was films? Uh, I don't think you've ever seen Death of Stalin, which I didn't think was that good. But he had a show. Oh. That was six episodes. And he worked on The Thick of It. Uh, I know Death good. of Stalin. I just have not watched okay. myself. He has a he has a skit on his show involving men with eyebrows and what ha- what happens to men once their eyebrows start getting too long and they get put out into the woods and they bump what their ha- they bump their eyebrow antlers against one another and then what and then what happens uh, that, that, that's it <laughs> that's it no they, 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 they can't exist in proper society anymore hmm it's weird harsh but fair yeah. I mean, is it fair, though? You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us is, if it's fair or not. Uh, what do you think is fair, Jarrett? Well, I think it's fair that we've got a Facebook page, that we're on oh. Instagram, that we're on Letterboxd. I'm Jarrett Duncan. He's Barnwolf. Yeah. We've got a SoundCloud, Stitcher, an iTunes, a Google Play, a Patreon, a YouTube. What about, what about Tumblr? Were we on Tumblr? I think at one point we were. What about Imgur? Are we on Imgur? Are we on Telegraph? Oh, are we? No. Oh. Next week, Spine 318, Rene mm-hmm. Clement, cousin to Ren, another Rene that we're big fans of. No, come on. No, I don't know. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. You love Rene. Um, Forbidden Games. From 1952. Uh, why are they forbidden? Uh, we're gonna find out in a week. Is this like that Christmas movie, Forbidden Games, or what? What is that movie called? Oh. The Home Alone. Oh, Deadly Games. Deadly Games. I don't know if that's the same. It's not. This why not? This movie does not look like it involves a, a homicidal Santa. Sadly. Wow. Hey, Criterion. Why a, did they do I, I think it might be uh, war. What is it good for? <gasps> Absolutely nothing. But with both kids. With for the kids though. With the kids. I don't know if it's for the kids. Oh, not for the kids. Just with the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm, shit. You know. Nah. Well, that's okay. We can go with the kids. Well. Good night, RJ. I mean, yeah. Um, Sleep tight. Uh, I hope Santa puts some underwear under the Christmas tree for you. Man, that would be too sweet. Too sweet. Yeah. Here's hoping. Praying. Praying to Santa. Yeah. You hope. You pray. Good night. Oh. Guggenbuch.